The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Thrilled to be here in the aftermath of Week 15 Sunday action. We're going to break it all down for you. But before we do that, I want to remind you, we're making we're doing a big Christmas mailbag. So leave your comments, your ratings, your reviews, any question you want to ask. Football, life, child, parent, superhero related, maybe parenting, Sean. Don't give me that look. Maybe they, maybe people have parenting questions they want to ask. Maybe Breach is a parenting question he wants to ask Ryan, but he don't want to actually ask him, so he's going to leave it on the uh leave it on the old iTunes, on the old Apple Podcast. You can do that. Um also Early signing day is almost here, and CBS Sports HQ is your destination for the most most in-depth coverage as the nation's top prospects put pen to paper. These are guys we'll be talking about on Sundays in just a couple of years. Starting at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, December 18th, CBS Sports HQ will have live reactions to all the signings and flips, updated team rankings in real time, and analysis from Brady Quinn, Danny Cannell, Barton Simmons, Steve Wiltfong, and many more. Tune into CBS Sports HQ for free through the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. There will also be extensive coverage on CBSSports.com, 247sports.com, and MaxPreps.com for everything. Early signing day. Man, I love signing day. I know Sean loves signing day. Don't you, Sean? Oh, yeah. It's my fifth favorite day of the year behind the Star Wars. The the four times I see Star Wars in theaters. Ryan, do you think there's too much Star Wars right now? I'm tired of seeing the commercials. I know that. The upside for me is that my father-in-law takes me, my nephews, my two nephews, my two sons to the IMAX to see it. He pays for everything. I get to sit by myself, get my own popcorn, wear my 3D glasses, and forget that I have kids and pretend like I'm back in the 70s. So I look forward to that, though. That is nice. Uh, Breach, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hungover are you? Uh, I am still sobering up from this trip. I thought a four-hour flight home would do that. It did not. So let's do this before uh, my hangover starts ruining my football opinions. Well, what, on a scale of one to ten. Oh, on a scale of one to ten, like a seven and a half. I got a good night's sleep, and if I didn't get that good night's sleep, it would be like a nine. So, wait, did you fly back on Sunday morning? Oh, Saturday night, man. I wasn't going to show up Sunday morning and watch games all day. You had to get. So uh, you did a, good... did you do a red eye on Saturday night, or did you leave at like Saturday, like five p.m. or something? Breaches in Vegas, by the way. If we didn't mention that. I was in Vegas for my sister's 40th birthday. I flew out Saturday afternoon after I bet on Michigan, Oregon, 
who, if Ouch. anyone watched that college basketball game, I bet the Michigan money line, which was my only loss, and I ended on a loss, and so I was upset the whole time I was on the plane, which led me to drink, which led me to this podcast right now. That might be the way to do Vegas, by the way, to peace out on Saturday afternoon, so then you're like asleep at your house on Saturday night, as opposed to like staying till Monday and then like flying out Monday morning and being really hungover. I have to think about that. And uh, stay on the weekdays, the hotels are only like 30 bucks a night. Oh, uh, that's true. Uh, Bills, Steelers, we're covering every game, by the way, playoff implications. We are going to try and get this thing under 90 minutes this time. We're going to see what happens. Ryan just waved his hand at me. Devo's laughing. Hilarious. Bills, Steelers, <laughs> Bills 17, Steelers 10, a huge game in terms of playoff implications. The Bills cover the plus one, the under hit pretty easily, actually. And, uh, the Bills clinch the playoffs for the second time under Sean McDermott. Sean, in your face, you got dunked on by Sean McDermott. <laughs> Again, second time in three years, he's dunking all over you. Josh Allen, a quarterback, a playoff quarterback. He wasn't that great on Sunday night, but the Bills are back in the playoffs. First 10-win season since 1999, and the second time they've been to the playoffs since 1999. Josh Allen was the top fantasy performer with 17 points. This was not a thrill. It was a thrilling game. It was not a, uh, impressive game from the offenses. Ryan, where's your, where's your head at in terms of, uh, your, your Steelers making the playoffs? They have the tiebreaker right now with conference record six to four over the Titans who are six and five. Um, but interestingly, if the Steelers win against the Jets and the Titans win, in week 16 as well, and then they both lose in week 17. I think, at least according to ESPN's playoff machine, uh, the Titans would get in based on um, strength of victory tiebreaker. Uh, yeah, so the, the Steelers play the Jets next week in New York. I think they win the game. I don't know. We'll see. But the problem with the Titans, who didn't win on Sunday, and, and they, they had a pretty good opportunity to pull it off at home in Nashville, they have to play the Saints this week. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. They have a little tougher row to hoe, and then they finish – at <clears throat> whoa, my voice just changed. They finished at Houston in Week 17. The Steelers play um, at Baltimore, and as John's been telling us for four months now, um, Lamar you. Jackson is never going to play again because he's resting. He's going to rest in Week 17. Relax. You guys now. made fun of me for an hour straight when I pointed because out in November the Ravens would be resting in Week 17. You said no, 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 no. We talked and Week 17. Yeah, you said Week 16. We talked about this while you were in Vegas. You said Week 16. We're like, that's insane. But you were right about week 17. It looks like. We'll see what happens, um, whether they have the number one seed and how John Harbs feels about that. What, John? I was just going to say one more thing about that is that if the Ravens are resting people, uh, the Titans play the Texans in week 17. The Texans could be resting people because if the Texans win next week, week 16, they basically clinch the division to that week 17 game against the Titans doesn't matter. You are the king of everyone's resting people in week 17. Well, I you, rest a lot, so I got to know who's resting people. As for the Steelers, so, yeah, this was sort of an important game, but, I mean, I think it was a bigger deal for for the Bills, obviously. Um, the big winner tonight, William and Mary, um, as you guys may have heard. I went to school with Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin. Before the game, they were there with Jimmy Laycock, the renowned uh, longtime coach of the William Mary tribe. They're not the tribe anymore. I don't know what they're called. But uh, he was there. Congrats on your racist school mascot. All right. That's way way to kill the atmosphere, but be huge. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to our guy, uh, draft editor and NFL editor, R.J. White. Probably the biggest win. Well, they went to the playoffs. Like this, this one might be bigger than them going to the playoffs because you, you knew that Sean McDermott didn't love Tyrod Taylor. He obviously wanted to move on from him to the point where they started Nathan Peterman last year. 
Um, so I thought Josh Allen played fine. He made a couple big throws. Um, John Brown was a, a, a great signing. And the interesting thing is, and I, I can't remember who wrote about this uh, over the weekend, but the Steelers wanted John Brown this offseason too because obviously Antonio Brown was gone. He wanted to go back with Josh Allen because he knew Josh Allen was going to be throwing the ball over the yard. And um, after leaving the Ravens last year when uh, they had Joe Flacco and then moving on to Lamar Jackson, he didn't think he would get a lot of looks. I don't know if he regrets that or not, but good job there. And, you know, the Bills' defense started hot this season. They sort of uh, leveled off, and they are, I feel like, red hot again. And the thing about Duck Hodges is he hasn't really played much in the way of defenses, so there have been instances where he could sort of take over and make a few throws and let the defense do the rest. He hadn't seen this sort of defense, and he struggled. He pulled an Andy Dalton. Uh, especially down the stretch with his four picks. I wanted to get that in before Breach did. And um, that's where they're at. Like, you watch the first half, and they don't want to throw the ball, and you're like, why are you running on second and 11? You saw towards the end of the game why they run on second and 11. Duck Hodges doesn't have the arm strength to make those throws consistently, but, but he's still better than Mason Rudolph. So, um, yeah, I think the Steelers need to beat the Jets next week, and I feel like um, if that happens and the Titans struggle against the Saints, I think the Steelers uh, probably have the – uh, slight lead heading into Week 17 for the for the playoffs. I don't have the the exact scenarios in front of me, but I feel like that would get them a long way there. That would be the time when you dive in and say something, Sean Wagner, about mm. how. Man, that's not up to me, man. It's a four person pod. Dive on in. I'm not. I, I like how you're blaming me though. And Breach is also sitting there. Breach just ate a Breach just ate a burrito. He's he's got energy. Okay, this is what I was gonna say. This is my takeaway from this game: is that I don't think Josh Allen played well. But it doesn't matter because this defense and this secondary is so good that what the Bills have proven to me over the course of the season is they can hang with any team. Um, and certainly a Steelers team that I would say is like nearly equal to them, uh, they can beat. And they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs regardless of who they play. Because, look, they barely lost to the Patriots earlier this year. Um, they hung with the Ravens. Um, so this team can hang with ev- everyone, and it – it comes down to what version of Josh Allen are they going to get? Are they going to get the version of Josh Allen after the Patriots? I think it was week three. He went on that like eight game run, uh, where he was week four, uh, where he went on this eight game run where he was playing, you know, we said multiple times, like a top 12 quarterback, top 16 quarterback. The last couple of weeks, he has not played as well. Um, and it's come against better defenses. Like, I don't think there's any shame in him struggling against a really good Steelers defense. Uh, but. When I watch both of these teams, my takeaway is, man, like, man, if they had an actual consistently good quarterback, either of these teams, they would be incredible. Like, if the Steelers just had Ben Roethlisberger, if he hadn't gotten hurt, this team would be – They would be a – A I Super Bowl contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would be one of the – they would – we would be it's talking pressure. about them and the Chiefs as beating the Ravens, and they would be above the Patriots, I think, because they're much more complete. Yeah, um, sure. With this defense – now, can, just to counterpoint it, like, I don't know if they trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. If exactly. They, yeah. You know? Yeah. They traded for him in week three, and they traded for him pretty early in the week. I don't know if Roethlisberger was declared out for the year by that point because he got yeah, hurt halftime in week he two, was. so I'm not sure because that was one of the points of contention. Like, if you knew Roethlisberger wasn't even coming back, why would you trade for him? Yeah, we, you knew he was out. They had known by the time they made that trade because we had that exact discussion on the okay. podcast about why they would spend a first-round pick if they were throwing the season away. Because I think all of us – nobody here thought they were going to make the playoffs. Nobody thought they were going to go 3-13. and 13, uh, but Nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs. I think yeah. Sean hit oh, – Steelers. Well, no, I was just going to say on like the like the thing with the trade too, like 
I remember JLC told us uh, on the pod at the time, he's like, this is a long-term thing too. It's not just for this year. So, I mean, like if they really like making that much, maybe they pull the trigger anyway, but like if they had this, yeah, I agree with Sean, if they had this defense and they're getting their skill position guys back for the, the playoffs and big Ben it'd be a dangerous team. And if you look at the bills and Sean kind of hit the nail on the head with they, this is a team that can compete in the playoffs this year when they made it in 2017, for me, it was like watching the Bengals make the playoffs where I was just – I want to run to my nearest sports book so I could bet all my money against them. Like I knew the Bills were going to lose in the first round 2017. There was no doubt they were going to lose. The final score was like 10-3. to 3. I was surprised they even got three points. This team, Josh Allen, is much better, and if he functions at all, I honestly think that they could potentially beat any team – in the postseason, that doesn't mean I think they're going to make a Super Bowl run. It means that if they match up against the Patriots in the wild card round, I think they could beat the Patriots. I think they could beat the Chiefs. We saw them play with the Ravens. I think they could beat the Texans. They'd match up well with the Texans. Uh, and so I think that we could see the Bills get their first playoff win in, in you know, in 25 years this year. That doesn't mean, you know, they're going to be in the AFC title game of the Super Bowl. And the defense, like Travis White, they just look so good. And, again, it was against Duck Hodges, so maybe we don't want to give them that much credit. But they've been doing it against good quarterbacks, too. We saw them kind of slow down Lamar Jackson, which no one had really been able to do this season. Uh, we saw them really shut down the Cowboys' offense. That was actually the game that impressed me the most because as much as the Cowboys have struggled, their offense hasn't just been neutered like that, like the Bills did on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys only scored 15 points in that game, and one of those scores was garbage time. So their defense just looked really good, basically since mid-November and kind of all year. Yeah, the um, that 2017 Bills team that went to the playoffs was basically a by you know Pythag wins was a six to seven win team that lucked its way. Look, this is Sean McDermott. He's a really good coach. He's getting the most out of his players, the most out of his team. And uh, I, I'm with you, Breach. I think that the interesting thing about the Bills in the playoffs is that you have a team like the Texans that relies on throwing the football. You have a team like the Chiefs that relies on throwing the football. Neither one of them have great run games. And you know, it, clearly, if like you know, if they end up seeing the Steelers somehow in the playoffs, we we know they can beat the Steelers. Um, and the you know the Patriots' offense isn't very good, so we'll we'll find out a little bit more about them next week. I just think they could pull off a win in the playoffs, and if Josh Allen, I don't think Josh Allen's going to get hot and go to the Super Bowl, but yeah, who knows? It, yes, this seems like dumb to say at face value. The team they remind me the most in the AFC of um, is the Patriots. I mean, I think both of these teams are. And like, it's not me saying Josh Allen and Tom Brady are similar, but I mean, they're playing kind of similar That's this year. That's what I heard. And, uh. Except Tom Brady doesn't have quite the scrambling or mobility say. that Josh Allen has. One of them is a dual threat, the other one's not. Tom Brady would threat. probably take that as a compliment, what you just said. That's the weird part of, of your comparison. So, but the right. problem, uh, the, wait, uh, the problem, I was going to say about the Patriots real quick. The, the problem is that like, neither wait, of these wait, teams. Wait, 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 wait. We have the Patriots to talk about it in a minute. I'm talking about the Bills, man. <laughs> I've got to get us moving. Breach I've got to get us moving. We're moving along from the Bills and Steelers. And you know why we're moving along? Damn it, Sean. Because Jonathan Jones was at the game, our pal JJ, and he's gonna, t- we're gonna talk to him tomorrow and we'll have more in-depth discussion about the Bills and the Steelers and what it all means from a grand perspective. Look, we'll be talking AFC playoffs in it forever on this podcast. You can jump back in. Pool's deep, man. Swim around, splash Sean, around. I mean, a, uh, yeah, Sean, put it on Facebook. People will read it there. I'm very, just, I'm very excited for whatever tangent Brinson goes on in 45 minutes that that did not allow me to save my 30 second Patriots I got a disappointed look from Debo, and I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make it up to him by moving along. You know, I'm not gonna let you throw Debo under the bus. This is on you. 
he and I have been discussing how quickly we want to get through it. Anyway, Sean, you botched that as badly as uh, the refs and the Cowboys botched the uh, botched the Cowboys Rams game. Botched the old coin toss. Terrible disaster. Breach, this is like in your wheelhouse. The Cowboys rolled the Rams, by the way, 44 to 21. Zeke Elliott, 27 fantasy points. The over got crushed. Well, that got crushed. It, yeah, it got crushed, but it was, uh, it looked like it was in danger for a minute. The Cowboys obviously covered as a pick. Uh, everybody was on the Rams. Um, this is a game we've been waiting to see for the Cowboys for multiple weeks. They got hammered by the Bills at home. Um, you know, against the, uh, on Thanksgiving. And then they got, uh, they got mashed by the Bears. Did, were you, where was your head at, Ryan, in terms of, like, were you expecting that at all from the Cowboys today? Yeah, 100%. I picked that. I put it on my picks. No, of course not. No one saw that coming. <laughs> I mean, you don't know which team's going to show up. Uh, before, let's see, they, they got rocked by the Patriots. They got rocked by the Bills. They lost to Sean's Bears team. And we were all calling for, um, Jason Garrett to be fired and, and Jerry Jones and his weird little way told us all to calm down. And then he got ornery with the, uh, radio hosts. And what did he, what did he say to those guys? Why don't we have that drop? Uh, he said, uh, I think we do have it. What did he say? He said, uh, I ain't going to be jacking around with you. Yeah, I ain't going to be jacking. So I don't we, have time to jack around with you. Here. He didn't have time to jack around, but he, he had time to tell Jason Garrett what he needed. And Jason Garrett apparently listened. I don't know what happened, but. So look, here's the thing. This team is seven and seven. The Eagles are seven and seven. It's all going to come down to their week 16 matchup. Um, right now the Cowboys seem like a better team because they're healthier. But, um, I think this, I think it says more about the Rams this game than it does about the Cowboys. Dak is good. Amari's good. Zeke is good. Uh, the defense played a little better. Um, but uh, you just don't know which Rams team is going to show up more so than <laughs> you don't know which Cowboys team is going to show up. But again, we'll figure out in week 16 who's going to win the NFC East. And uh, honestly, I feel like the Cowboys because they're healthier. But if you told me that the Eagles somehow figured out a way to win, that that wouldn't surprise me either. If I'm an NFC team, I am literally rooting with every muscle I have for the Eagles to win next week against the Cowboys. Because the, if I'm an NFC playoff team, because the last team I want to see is the Cowboys. Like Ryan just said, we saw them literally play three or four straight weeks where they just fell flat on their face. They got smoked by the Bears, smoked by the Bills. They didn't even hit double-digit points against the Patriots. I know it was a torrential downpour, but their offense still couldn't move the ball. And somehow they explode for 44 points against a Rams team that had just been mowing people down the last few weeks. Um, and so, you know, they win that division. All of a sudden, they're a four-seed. They get to host a home game. They're probably going to be playing the 49ers or Seahawks in that home game. And those are two teams they kind of match up well against. 49ers have trouble with mobile quarterbacks. Dak Prescott can give them fits. And we saw what Dak Prescott can do against a good defense. The Rams are not the best defense in the NFL, but they're a pretty good defense. And the Cowboys had zero issues running up and down the field on them. Tony Pollard had a huge game. Zeke obviously had a huge game. Uh, and when Dak was allowed to throw the ball, he was good. This was just, this was probably the most surprising butt kicking of the day. Not the most surprising win, but the one where if you, I didn't think there was any way that the Cowboys would win this game by more than three touchdowns. Didn't think there was any way they wouldn't by more than 10 points. So, uh, and also we'll have to have another podcast on when it's time to get rid of Jared Goff because we don't have time for that now, right? <laughs> you, you know, it's bad when Tavon Austin is catching 59 yard touchdowns on you. Um, wide open 59 yard touchdowns with, with two Rams players running into each other deep down the field. Next, next gen stats had the, uh, the nearest defender. 19.3 yards. Is that good? <laughs> it's the most wide open touchdown uh, of of the season. Hey, by the way. Just so Jared Goff would have missed him. 
a quick aside, I should point out that I did actually pick the, the Cowboys to win this game. Myself and Dave Richard were the only ones who did it on CBS uh, Sports.com's expert pick. Ooh, oh, you know what that does? Yep, let's see, 10 and 5 on the week for me. That brings me to 135, 87 and 1. A single game back of Mr. Ryan Wilson. This How is many? called a walk down. It's happening. You can How feel many it happening. One. So that means you're, you're behind me, is that right? Yeah, one game okay. back. I told you. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I was walking you down. I was eight games back. I'm one game back now. I I'm walking you down in my driving moccasins. Get ready for me. Here I come. How's, how's, it, how's it going trying to walk me down? Uh, it's going pretty well. Actually. Is this straight up? Yeah. Okay. I don't care about it. I just want to beat Ryan. I don't, just make, I don't just making sure everyone knows that that record you said was straight up. Yeah. I mean, I would never pretend like my like a 135 or a 130 record, like that kind of percentage was against the spread. Me and Brent like, would be yeah. living in Vegas like, together. I would never anybody into believing that. That would be a horrible thing to do because I clearly am not doing that well. I'm, I'm just a measly 116 and 102 against the spread for the year. <sighs> Scorching, baby. Um, so in this game, the Cowboys scored their most points that they've had in five years. The la- uh, week 17 um, in 2014 against the Redskins. And their most in a home game. Since that, remember that two, that crazy 2013 game with Peyton Manning and Tony Romo, uh, the 51-48 loss where Romo had 506 yards and five touchdowns. Cowboys are up 28-7 and a half, which is their highest scoring first half in more than four years. And, uh, Zeke Elliott had a very nice game, 117 rush yards, two rushing touchdowns. Tony Pollard added a, uh, a rush touchdown as well. 131 rushing yards for the day for him. He looked explosive as hell. Um, that snaps a three game losing streak. Dak was okay. But the Rams' defense is good. Like, their pass defense is good. I mean, I didn't think Dak was great, uh, made some big plays, but they, they really leaned on the run game. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do against Philadelphia because Philly is a team that you should pass on and not run on. Um, back-to-back games without an interception for the first time since Week 16 for Dak Prescott of last year. Um, what about the coin toss? Let's get a little pregame audio from the Fox folks. Dallas has won the toss. You want to kick it that way. You want to kick. So if you missed it, uh, Joe Buck got on there and explained it during the game. That was that was a sound of Walt Anderson saying, Dallas takes the first kick. And then uh, Dak Prescott goes, uh, what had happened, apparently, Demarcus Lawrence convinced Dak at the last second, which is, this is insane, by the way, that they didn't have this planned out going into it, but he convinced Dak at the last second that the defense should go out there first because they wanted to get a stop. They wanted to set the tone. And so Dak was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to kick it. And then he's like, you want to kick? And he said, yeah, we, we'll defer. And he used the word defer. Well, as the first, um, part of the half is, is, is going along. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are saying that like the Rams are going to get like that. Walt Anderson had awarded the ball to the Rams because the Cowboys kicked because they didn't use the word defer. The Rams are also going to get the ball in the second half. Everybody's melting down. Um, Jason Garrett, you can see him like talking to, to Walt Anderson. He's freaking out. And Al Riveron discusses this and how they eventually went back and overturned it. He said, it's specific to the rule under rule 15 for replay section three, article nine. And I'm paraphrasing now it says we can get involved. Replay can as far as game administration issues, downs, enforcement, things like that. So by that rule, we can get involved. It's a game administration issue, not a judgment call, for example. And we have definitive audio that refers to deferring. If you look at what happened, you can see the Cowboys actually say three different things that we hear at the end where they say defer. So we go ahead and look at it. We put up the audio. We knew that I was going to have a conversation with Walt Anderson at halftime to make it right. Did the Cowboys make it right, Breach? No. This, this is, is I, don't, 
Excuse the refs me. did not make it right. I, this is the dumbest rule in the history of the world. You should there should be a time limit on this rule. You have ten minutes to fix it. You have twenty minutes to fix it. If you are, well, because look, if you're the Rams and you think you're getting the ball coming out of halftime, that might change how you game play it. The Rams had the ball with twenty seconds before the half. They yeah, kneeled it, and they might have thought, you know what, we're just going to kneel it. Let's get it Sean, in half. We Sean get McVay, the ball. Sean McVay found out as he was coming out of the tunnel onto the half for the second half. And they were like, hey, by the way, you're not getting the ball now? So all that stuff you just did for the last 30 minutes, it's all null and void because you were actually not getting the ball. Well, and so not only are you does that change your end of first half game plan, whatever he was planning, maybe he's drawing up a script at halftime to come out and start the half. Like this completely changes what you're doing. As And the Rams got smoked so bad, it didn't matter. But if this game had been closer, if I'm Sean McVay, I'm just absolutely irate at the way this was handled, and I understand that the NFL wants to get it correct, but the, the you listen to the audio, it was all over the place. It's supposed to be the first thing the player says. It's not clear. He definitely, Dax definitely said defer at some point, but it's not clear if that was the first thing, and if he said kick first, that's what's supposed to stand, so I have no problem with them fixing it up to a point, but it needs to happen quickly. It is not something that can happen an hour and a half later when the other team still thinks they're getting the ball, and you're basically stealing possession at that point. Sean, I can tell you want to disagree. No, no, no. I was I was prepared to disagree when you were talking about the time limit thing. I, I, I think the Cowboys definitely deserve to get the ball, and I'm glad that common sense prevailed in a league where common sense usually isn't a factor. Like, we usually just go by absurd rulings, and uh, we just, like, you know, like like with the catch rule, it's just like you look at that, it's like, oh, that's a catch, and then it'll be like, oh, there's not enough evidence, and everyone in the world knows he caught the ball. So I'm glad common sense prevailed, but I'm with Breach. Why did it take them – until the end of halftime for common sense to prevail. That should have been, that could have been addressed in New York at any point in the first half and you could have told the teams. So I was prepared to disagree with Breach, but he made a good point and I'm rarely agreeing with him. Good job. I will say this. This could have been avoided if Dak just said defer or receive. That's all he had to say. Those two words. And our buddy Matt Snyder, (laughs) who used to be a NFL, uh, not NFL, used to be a high school official. He and his dad. And we used to have him on for the Zebra report every week. Back in the stand house days, he would, we would go through a list of crappy calls, and he would weigh in on them as an official, and they were really good. But he now covers the Major League Baseball. He's good at that, but he actually tweeted this out during the game. He said, um, we tell elementary school kids to never say kick, only say, quote, defer or, quote, receive. And I know that Dak said that, but he also mentioned other things in the in the commentary that Brinson just played the audio of. Just say those two words, whichever one, and problem solved. Well, it, that, was, that was sort of my point It's like – and this, this is, this is why Jason Garrett is getting fired and why he won't win a playoff game. Like, you can't, you can't send guys out to do the coin toss and like have it be undecided what your plan is for the coin toss. Like, like DeMarcus Lawrence and like Dak Prescott are going to like figure it out after the coin lands. Like, there should be a very explicit set of instructions given to the players before they go out there, right? Am I, like, Dak and DeMarcus Lawrence shouldn't be the ones making the call. You're coaching, dude. Like, you have to know what they're coming back to you with. If you win the coin toss, you're going to defer. You're going to get the ball in the second half. If you lose the coin toss, you let the Rams figure it out. I, or like, if the Rams defer, then you have to decide. Like, you don't want them being out there like, oh yeah, well, the Rams deferred, we'll kick. Like, it's insane. What, what is he doing? This is one of those situations where I say in my head, could this ever happen to the Patriots? And the answer <laughs> is no. And that is where Jason Garrett's so far down the totem pole compared to Bill Belichick. Because even Jerry Jones, when he was complaining about Garrett a few weeks ago, he was like, well, special teams, that's, that's all about coaching. If you suck at special teams, that's on the coaching staff. 
that rule applies to coin tosses also. And this one, I hate that Walt Anderson's being thrown under the bus because you look at like the worst coin tosses of all time. Number one is Phil Luckett botching Jerome Bettis where he heard the wrong thing. That was the ref's fault. Number two was the guy in the Packers Cardinals overtime who didn't flip the coin. He flipped it like a pancake and it never rotated. And so the Packers like, we got to reflip that because it didn't flip. And then they ended up reflipping it. Both of those were the officials fault. This one, you know, Walt Anderson had a bunch of things said at him. It was a confusing situation. Uh, so I do think that Prince is right. That it's kind of Jason Garrett who started this whole circus. John, I don't know how you make pancakes, but you can, you can flip pancakes. <laughs> they don't flip like a coin. They might flip once. John just does the pancake up in the pan. It comes like, yeah. I, I only, so one side's cooked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I only cook one side. Let's not, let's not kid each other. You know, we, we could like not do a coin flip. We could get rid of the coin flip. XFL style race to the 20 yard line. Yeah. I like to race <laughs> yeah. or feel, or kicking, are... kicking. Oh, I uh, love that. Is, by the way, this is what uh, DeMarcus Lawrence said. We were, we, we, I'm quoting. We were supposed to. We was. We was supposed to say defer. Well, it was my fault already. I wanted defense to go out first. Felt like we had a lot of energy. Wanted to get it off our chest, and we had something to prove, especially after that playoff loss. It was just time to get down and dirty, and uh, they did. Cowboys played well. I don't. The Cowboys. We talked about this on our uh, on our early our week ahead week fifteen or week sixteen. Excuse me. Look ahead lines. Our YouTube exclusive, go to youtube.com slash CBS Sports and you can watch it. It's like 20 minutes. We break down, uh, every single, uh, all, not every single, but like all the early spreads, uh, for next week. The Cowboys are favored by two and a half. Does that strike anyone as good, bad, ugly, stinky? What do you think? Uh, the Eagles are trash. I'm surprised it's not more. And this is eight. Would the Cowboys be favored by eight and a half at home against the Eagles? You would definitely take the Eagles eight and a half. The Eagles are decimated by injuries and they needed, that play, that throw that Carson Wentz made to Miles Sanders in the back of the end zone, that was better than than the uh, what was the what was the touchdown call for the Nick Foles touchdown catch in the Super Bowl? That was better than that play. The Philly special. Yeah, that was better than the Philly special in terms of like degree of difficulty to pull off. The only issue is they had to, to summon that play to beat the Redskins, and that game ended with Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball backwards um, to screw up the the line the you know the line for people who who had the uh, had the Redskins. <laughs> This is Ryan's gambling pod. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you, Dwayne Haskins? I feel like uh, Darren Ravel. Uh, for, for those Morrow, yes. oh, yeah. uh, spicy the, food. The Eagles won 37-27. And we can just talk about this game in the NFC East as a whole. Um, they did cover the six-and-a-half spread. The over of 38-and-a-half was obliterated, obviously. Miles Sanders, 26 fantasy points. Great game from him. Two touchdowns. Um, and the Eagles did say alive. What, what Ryan is referring to is on the final play, Dwayne Haskins like, Tried to throw it, but then fumbled, and the Eagles scooped it up and ran it back to the end zone for a walk-off defensive touchdown that gave them the cover. It is a – I mean, like, Washington was the better team almost all day. That is a really, really bad way to lose Redskins plus four and a half um, or, you know, whatever, six and a half. Yeah, I guess it steamed up to six and a half. Whatever you got it at, you, you lost it because they lost by ten. And so that is uh, that is tough. Uh, Urban Meyer was there for the Redskins, by the way. Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin, his old uh, his old guys looked awesome. Carson Wentz was uh, asked about it and said, guys, just keep believing. I didn't lose faith or confidence at all. I just want one more chance. I want another chance to go down and the defense gave it to us and we got it done. You know what that sounds like? Russell Wilson. Yeah. Well, Carson Wentz is a big Jesus guy, too. You know who Urban was sitting with in the booth? In the, uh. Oh, Danny Snyder. Alex Smith. Alex Smith, who he coached at Utah. Oh, yeah. Great, that. Great call. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys now, by the way, I think have a, uh, 50, 60% chance to win the division. Which is. Well, like I said, it'll come down to Sunday's game. 
Well, I was going to say, this is one where you, you, the percentages don't really matter because it's if they beat the Eagles on Sunday, they win. So it's basically uh, what your... percentage chance think do you have the Cowboys beating the Eagles? Brinson, if you are 100% sure the Cowboys are going to win that game, then they're 100% in. But they're, 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 as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, they have a 60% chance of winning. How does, right. uh... But I'm saying it's personal, Phil. You don't even need to do math. It's a, no, cow- it's a one-game thing. That's, that's not, not how, how math works. works, John. No, <laughs> I understand how... <laughs> Did you try that at the blackjack table this weekend? How'd that and go? And it worked so much. It made so much money. No, I understand how math probability works. There's a 100% chance, dealer, I'm going to win this hand. There's 100, like, I, I'm but 100%. that's different because there's an amount of cards in the deck that you can take into account. I'm saying with an actual – okay, well, we won't get into it. Abandon shit, Breach. He sounds like me trying to make a point. The Eagles have not won three straight games at, at all this season. They have won back-to-back games for the first time since weeks eight and nine. 37 points is their career high. It's the most points they've scored since winning the Super Bowl, too. And the most points allowed by the Redskins since uh, week 14 of last year. Carson wins 266 yards, three touchdowns, uh, eight TDs, and one interception in the last three games. He's sort of carrying along this mishmash of, of nobody. Like, Greg Ward played quarterback at Houston. And he caught the game-winning touchdown pass. Great from, catch. Yeah, it's a great catch. Good throw, too. Uh, was Miles, a, again, I was going to say, that was a Jeff Blake touchdown toss. Breach knows what I'm talking about. It went higher than it went farther, than, than it went far. It was like a 40 yards in the air, and it traveled 15 yards, and it dropped in the bucket. Could have used that throw. Duck Hodges could in that final touchdown there. The Steelers could have Tecmo Super Bowl. You throw it so high, it goes out of the screen. Exactly. Didn't By Jeff the way. Blake, did Jeff Blake go to ECU? I think he did. He sure did. Yeah, He's right. a pirate. I know that uh, Wentz probably had like one of his better passing days, and Brian talked about that miraculous throw in the back of the end zone. Uh, but he also uh, he fumbled three times. At least two of those fumbles. I feel like Debo's giving me a look right now. How dare I criticize Wentz after that come from behind win? I understand that, but he two of his fumbles were the like most shocking lack of pocket awareness I think I've seen out of a quarterback this year. Where one of them he was like in the grass by someone and is still trying to throw the ball, gets hit by behind and fumbles. And the other one he just shows zero awareness that the rush is coming and loses the ball three times. He was lucky that he only lost one of them. But so it was a better passing day. But I was not impressed whatsoever by once again. By the way, you're hyperbolizing because you saw Phil Rivers play today. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, fair. Do you, um, Sean? Are you worried at all that your um your preconceived notions leak into your analysis? No, because my preconceived notions are based off what I've seen. So I'm not. I'm Sassy. letting that inform my current opinion. Yeah. So do you still hate Sean McDermott? No. Josh no. Allen. So, so you're a flip flopper. Are you willing to admit you're wrong? On Sean McDermott, yeah, he's a good coach. Okay. Josh Thank Allen. You. Josh Allen. I'm not there yet. By he's the way, group, speaking but... of quarter, young quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins played pretty well. Yeah. Except for that last pass there. But um, he feels like he's getting a little better. That team sucks. They're Scary Terry. Um, scary Terry is awesome, man. Adrian Bad Peterson theory. had a nice little day. Adrian Peterson's uh, 70 years old. If the Eagles can't stop him, how are they going to stop Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah. Um, well, do, um, do, do you think Urban Meyer would be a good fit with Washington? No. No. Because See, the now, the I've heard conflicting – I've heard conflicting, like, buzz about Urban Meyer in that one, like, that he um, – I've heard the like you know, the buzz that like, he really wants a job, and the problem is that NFL teams might not be re- like really willing to go down that path, including Why? the Cowboys. That Why seems not? crazy. Why not? Uh, because the, I mean, because he hadn't he's never coached in the NFL before. Have you seen Freddie Kitchens coach? 
<laughs> Look, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm just telling you that, that NFL teams are always concerned about bringing in a college guy because they're worried if like that, like, you know, urban's, urban's only been in certain places for X amount of times, got a little hardball factor to him like that. Like, you know, so I mean, I, just, I think there's some red flags there, but. So I tend to think that like this Redskins, so like if the Cowboys and those teams, and other teams aren't really interested in Urban, the Redskins would be a perfect fit because he would be a major splash hire for Dan Snyder. No one wants that Redskins job. Like nobody wants that job. That's why but it would Ur- be great for the Redskins, but terrible for Urban. No, but then Urban would coach, uh, his Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins who he had at Ohio State. The Ohio State team is better than this Redskins team right now. He could have just stayed at Ohio State. Well, maybe. His health. I just don't, I, first of all, I think people will hire Urban Meyer. Second of all, he ain't taking his Redskins job. Maybe he was just at the, yeah, maybe he was just at the game to get a jump start on the Cowboys job. Two eight NFC East teams, scouting them, taking notes. I, I think Urban could end up in Washington. I think he would take the job if he was offered it. Yeah. He's not getting that many, he's not getting that many NFL offers. If one NFL team offers him, who's offering him a job? I feel like it's been reported. I guarantee the Jaguars would probably hire him. Um, what are you making faces for? Why would the Jaguars hire Urban Meyer? He was at the Army-Navy game. Do you think he's going to coach one of those teams? <laughs> right. Gotcha there. Yes. Checkmate. By the way, before we move on, um, did Debo feel good about the win? How does he feel about next week? Yeah, Debo, let's get the Eagles check-in. I feel great. I feel <laughs> real encouraged. <laughs> I feel uh, pretty good. So, okay. Debo, you know, you had that tweet about the commitment thing. Yes. Uh, so, like, when you're if you're like if you're on a date and somebody's like, what do you, how, somebody's like, how do you think I look? Do you say, hey, pretty good, <laughs> okay, pretty good. That's what I say to my wife. On Saturday, we go to this Christmas party. She's like, so what do you say? Should I wear the blue earrings or the red earrings? I was like, I've told you seven times. Oh my god, wear the red earrings. Husband of the like, year. I'm, I'm gonna wear the blue ones. I was like, I don't care what you wear. I'm trying to watch this golf. Okay. You didn't say that. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Um. Just kidding, Diva. Anyway. My my head so, tells me something different than my heart for next week. Like I realize, I realize why the Cowboys should be favored. I realize that it's been a struggle to get past the Giants and Redskins. But if you told me before the season, Week 16 against the Cowboys for the division, I take that. If it's seven and seven, or if it was nine and six, or ten and five, each team, uh, I'm taking that. So the the weird, it's just. This game is going to be is going to be like the Rams Cowboys game too because like I think that I mean everybody's going to be on the Cowboys in this game. And they're like they're going to be everybody's going to be on the Cowboys minus two and a half. Like people everyone is. All the bets are going to be on the Cowboys. There's just something a little stinky about the game. I think I feel like Philly might pull something. Like Doug Peterson's a way better coach than Jason Garrett. Right? J- Jason Garrett coaching a big game. Of course that's stinky. Nobody's going to dispute yeah. that. Nobody yeah. feels good about putting money on Jason Garrett in a huge game. I mean, I would rather throw my money in the toilet than bet on Jason Garrett in a big game. At least I can get out. I might still have some germs. So I can still spend it. Here, I got a, I got a prop bet for you. Two and a half is uh, the number fourth downs. How many more fourth downs do the Eagles go for than the Cowboys next, next week? Two and a half <laughs> is the over-under. Uh, All over. of them. Over, yeah. Jason really? Garrett was a little aggressive on Sunday there. Um, yeah, he will not be when the stakes are high. Like when there's true. nothing to lose, he doesn't care. But like next week, he will he will punt every fourth and one from the 25 yard line out. Also, the one thing that the Eagles, I know they gave up a bunch of yardage to um, to Adrian Peterson, but like they have an elite run defense, and I feel like the Cowboys are not going to come in and try and wing the ball around on them. I think the Cowboys are going to try and come in and run the ball on them. Why? Because they, they have the Cowboys. Because they have Jason Garrett. 
Okay. They do things backwards. Can I, <laughs> let, me, let me let me ask a question. I, I I don't know the answer to this. If the Eagles beat the Cowboys, the Eagles have then, to win in Week 17. I was going to say, let's not overlook the fact that they have to go to New York to play a Giants team that they just beat in overtime at home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If the Eagles win, yeah, that's a great point, Sean. If the Eagles, if the Cowboys win, the Cowboys are in. If the Eagles win, the Eagles then have to win in Week 17 to beat the Cowboys and to take the division. So that would be really painful for the Eagles if they won against the Cowboys in Week 16 and then lost the Giants in Week 17. Or if the Eagles did lose in Week 17, they could get in, assuming they beat the Cowboys, if the Cowboys lost to the Redskins, which, Correct. again, let's yeah. not assume that's going to happen. We've seen the Redskins play some crazy games yeah. the last few weeks and have suddenly become you – know, they're not winning games, but they're all kind of nail-biters. Only lost by five to the Packers. Today's game was basically one score until that crazy touchdown at the end. And before that, they were on a two-game winning streak over the Lions and the Panthers. So who the heck knows what's going to happen in the NFC East? Debo, Debo is demanding that we break. He's like, I don't want to hear any more of this eight and eight. Wait, can we get a – so we can't get a – we, the worst that we can get is eight and eight now, right? Eight and eight division champion. Yes. Yes, that's a shame. I wanted a seven and nine or six and ten. What if they tie? Yeah, awesome. Oh well. Have to live with eight and eight. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll rip through the rest of the games. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. All right. Moving right along. Playoff picture. Oh, usually we save this for the end, but that's okay. We'll dive in right now. <laughs> the worst team in football got the faces blasted. 34-13 Patriots over the Bengals. The Patriots cover the 10 and a half. One of my best bets on the podcast. I had two. The Red, the Redskins and the Seahawks got backdoored on my best bets. Screw jobs. And that over the Titans somehow didn't hit. Uh, the over of 41 and a half in this game hit. Tom Brady was the top fantasy guy at, uh, 17 points. Couple of interesting pregame notes on various pregame shows relating to this. One, I don't know if you saw it, Breach, but uh, Boomer Siason on the NFL Today on CBS every week at noon uh, handed Joe Burrow a Bengals helmet uh, during the uh, during the pregame show, and Joe Burrow said, "This is like when my grandmother gets me socks for Christmas." Uh, you know what's funny is I showed that clip to my wife. <laughs> Of Joe Burrow getting the Bengals helmet. 
And she's like, that looks like how the Peloton wife's face looked when she got her Peloton. <laughs> and that is exactly. Yeah, Why have you not yeah. tweeted that? I know because I, I, she used it on Facebook. And I was like, I can't see my wife's jokes. Um, but that is that. He was just like, like gritting I'm his teeth. Like, thanks. Thanks, Boomer. Um, <laughs> by oh, the way, you could have written, but you could have written, okay, Boomer on it. <laughs> oh, you could have something mean. This raises the question of how many of Brinson's tweets do you think are really his wife's? <laughs> she, she ghost writes all of his tweets. He's never t- – none of his 100,000 tweets are his own. AK's back there pulling the strings. Yep. She's the one who made beard bird jokes. Um, the other thing that happened is uh, we had Jason Lock and Four report that the Patriots could get lose multiple draft picks. And uh, Jay Glazer on the Fox pregame report released footage – uh, video and audio footage of the um, of the Bengals camera of the Patriots cameraman who was like busted by Bengals security and like while he was being interviewed. I mean, did, did you guys hear this? Not great, Bob. It was embarrassing. <laughs> well, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that, Ryan, because we're actually going to listen to something. Did Ryan, stop acting like you're trying to talk. Don't mess with me. Um, this is a brief 10 second clip of the Patriots videographer talking to Bengals security. Yeah, it doesn't really work in the form. Oh, you tried so hard. I hate to see it. Um, anyway, that was supposed to be the clip of the guy goes, uh, he goes, he's like, oh, so like, uh, yeah, man, like I can just delete this, you know, like, and well, he, first, he, first the Bengal security guy said, this, what does this have to do with the advanced count? Why are you pointing this towards the sideline? Yeah. He's like, oh, well, you know, this, that, and the other. And the guy's like, and he wasn't buying it from Jump Street, the, the Bengals <laughs> yeah. security guy. And then, um, you know, the, the townie from Southie started making excuses. <laughs> he like, sounds like such a That's town. the best part of it is the most stereotypical Boston accent, and he's playing dumb. And the Bengals security guard has the line, the damage is done, my friend. Yeah, that's what I do. But like, <laughs> then there's like closed captioning. It's like laughter. And then it's like the damage is already done, pal. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, the damage is already done here, pal. <laughs> I, had to, like, I, transcri- to I had to transcribe the whole thing. Let me throw in one, a couple other lines that I thought were Did hilarious. Did you write the story? Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, oh, so one of them, the Patriots videographer, after Brinson had just mentioned, they said that, you know, it's for the advanced scout. And the guy was like, well, we were just trying to get some field perspective. And the Bengals security guy looks at him. He's like, looks at the footage. And he's like, that's not the field because the camera was like squarely on the Bengals sideline, not on the field at all. Like this was the ultimate. This is why the Bengals security guy got his job. He was waiting for this moment. This whole entire interview was him being smarmy with the Patriots and no Bengals fan, no Bengals employee, no Bengals player has ever been smarmy with any Patriots related thing in their entire life. So this, this guy was every Bengals fan ever. Did a good job. He sure was. He's well, like, yeah, yeah, the guy seemed legitimately nervous. The, um, contracted photographer or videographer or whatever, because then he tried it as, as you, we sort of alluded to it. He tried to say quickly, all right, look, I'll delete it. No harm, no foul. And the Bengals security guy's like, no, uh-uh, that ain't happening. As John points out, like, this is my moment. I'm going to crucify you. I made an example out of you. He calls the NFL security guy over there, and they confiscate the tape. I want to know how Jay Glazer got the video. Maybe the, he got a hold of the Bengals security guy. He's like, yeah, man, here you go. Well, remember, remember Glazer's got two other, like, great video scoops. One, he got the original Spygate tape back in, like, 
It was, and by the way, Glazer used to work for CBS Sports. I don't know if you guys remember that. He had hair. Yeah. I heard him say that. I forgot about the Spygate tape. I don't even remember what was on it. Do you? Uh, no, but then the other, actually, he said more. Remember, then he also got, remember when Mike Westhoff, the old, uh, jet special teams uh, guy tripped a player on a punt return in the preseason? No, no, no. It wasn't Westhoff. It wasn't Westhoff. Westhoff's like, uh, like in, in his seventies now. It was a it young guy. Oh, that's right. It was a young guy. Yeah. yeah. But Glazer had like the, all, like he got like the, all, this is before like coaches tape was available for everybody. He got the all 22, right. like had it highlighted. And then the best one that Glazer ever had. Sal Losey. There you that go. was the name so, of the guy. No, no, and it was right. it was a regular season game too. Yeah, that's right. West poor yeah. Westoff, minding his own business, listening to this podcast. <laughs> all that. I hope Mike Westoff's not listening to this podcast. Um, I hope he is. But uh, then he had the, he had the one. Remember the the uh, the um, the Minneapolis uh, the Metrodome the roof collapsed under the snow on that he, Saturday before he the was game. the first one to get that. Yeah, he was like, no, they showed it on the pregame. They're like, here's Fox exclusive. It was like crazy. Like, it's like dark security footage in the middle of the night. The, the roof just all, like totally cratered. Like, Glazer knows everybody in these NFL security things. He probably trains like MMA with him or something. Um, but they gave him, uh, they gave him the clip of Spygate 2.0. And it, it does seem like at this point, the, uh, the mountain of evidence is going to just lend itself to the Patriots getting banged here in the offseason. Well, JLC talked about it. Um, Glazer talked about it. Everyone who's talked about it has brought this up. Um, basically, what did Bill Belichick know and when did he know it? That's yeah. what you're trying to figure out. It seems like he is far enough removed that he has no, no, uh, nothing to do with this. But why is this guy acting so weird in the press box with these sort of trying to, once he realizes he, he got got and his reaction is, all right, look, man, I'll just delete it. No harm, no foul. What are we doing? What? It, you know, it seems to me like a situation like in college athletics where you've got the head coach who's like, like clearly like at the end of the day, whether or not he does it like verbally, he's like signed off on like a, a, some player getting a benefit or like a bag of cash or something like that. But then like he's got other people like, so if, even if, I think Bel- what I'm saying is I think Belichick has no matter what, probably some plausible deniability here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're going to be able to prove that Belichick is like loading up this guy's VCR equipment or like, or like the idea of like Belichick, he's like sitting in like, he's like, he's like orchestrating like a prat, like a, like a rehearsal before. He's like, no, Steve, we need the advanced scout to look a little more realistic. Damn it, guys, do it again. You're like jumping out of his little director's chair. I want to win a Webby with our next do your job <laughs> series. And the last three haven't been up to snuff. Yeah. Get your act together, guys. Uh, Breach, you probably watched this game. Tell us about uh, what happened. It was actually a close game. It was 13-10. And then uh, your man, Andy Dalton, uh, who – so it turns out part one problem of being, like, redheaded is that you can't see other humans like Stephon Gilmore. And so he threw the ball to Stephon Gilmore multiple times. <laughs> Brett, I'm going to make a joke, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. Um <laughs> <laughs> Good reasoning. <laughs> yeah, so it was 13 to 10 at halftime. And then Andy Dalton literally starts the third quarter. Just all he did, he got the red carpet and he rolled it out for Joe Burrow. Because the fact that this happened the same day that Joe Burrow got that Bengals helmet, this was every Bengals fan with every interception, just like that's one step closer to Burrow. That's one step closer to Burrow. And all of these were ugly. We just spent 10 minutes talking about all this film the Patriots took. Well, Apparently, Andy Dalton didn't watch any film on Stephon Gilmore because he kept targeting him like he was the worst <laughs> cornerback in the NFL. Gilmore gets a pick six, and once that happened, the game was over. And then he, Gilmore had another pick, and then Dalton threw two other picks. They both went to, I think, J.C. Jackson. 
Uh, yeah, so he threw four interceptions. It was game over. And here's the thing. If I'm a Patriots fan, this game actually concerned me. Because number one, Dalton looked like trash, and he was only about 10% worse than Tom Brady. Tom Brady <laughs> did not throw four interceptions, but he looked horrible in this game. Uh, and the Bengals... Running all over the place. Joe Mix had 136 yards. He found holes left and right. They did not have – it wasn't difficult for them to run on the Patriots' defense. And we are talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 1-13, in were able to run the ball on what is supposed to be the best defense in the NFL. So, yes, the Patriots won 34-13, but if I'm a team that is uh, two weeks away from possibly playing a playoff game or three weeks away because I might be stuck playing on the wild card round because I'm not sure they're going to get a top-two seed. You know, who knows? If the Chiefs no, win – no, the Patriots. The Patriots beat the Bills. Right. I'm saying the, if the Patriots lose to the Bills and the Chiefs win, the Chiefs are yeah. the second seed, and that's yeah. a plausible scenario. Sure. And, yeah. And here's so, the other thing: um, the Patriots' offense had no real answers in the first half for the Bengals' pass rush. <laughs> Think about that for a second. I mean, yes. Tom Brady was hurried and harried and hit repeatedly in the first half. And, you know, after Andy Dalton did his thing in the second half, it didn't much matter. But Tom Brady finished 15 to 29 for 128 yards. I mean, that's where we're at. This team has a lot of issues on the offensive side of the ball. And as John pointed out, if they can't stop the run defensively, I mean, they could be one of the first teams to lose out in the playoffs, assuming they don't get that first round by. You so, actually, morons are going to do the thing where you bet against the Patriots in the playoffs, aren't you? I, I, mean, I don't usually. Who yeah. are they? I mean, who are they playing? If they're playing like the Texans, I, I would take the Patriots. If they're playing the Chiefs, I would take the Chiefs. What about the Bills next week? Who are you taking? Patriots. Patriots. I think the I, P- Bills will cover. What, what we talked about? What was the line on that? We seven. seven. Yeah, I will, I'll take hot. the Bills. To, I'll take the Bills to cover, but I think the Patriots win that game. Uh, it's funny that we talk about the Patriots and Bills because I actually think these two teams are actually kind of similar, oddly enough, in in the sense that I don't think either of them is built really to come from behind. Which seems crazy to say with a team with Tom Brady, who's known for his fourth quarter comebacks and two minute drills. But I mean, Wilson's right. This isn't all on Tom Brady. Like the offensive line stinks. The receivers aren't getting separation. Uh, but Brady's missing open throws. He had Sanu wide open for a touchdown downfield that he just completely yeah. overthrew. Um, and then I Bad, fun- badly overthrew. Like that's yes. an easy throw. That's a basic throw. Right. Right. And. Sanu also dropped a key third down pass in the game, um, and it happened right after in Seattle. Josh Gordon makes this incredible catch downfield. It's almost like, oh, they probably could have used that Josh Gordon guy at this point in the season. Two fun facts. One, Stephon Gilmore has more touchdowns now himself than he's allowed in coverage. Um, second fun fact, a good one in, the final, in the final two games of the season, Andy Dalton needs 2,569 yards to tie Peyton Manning's record for the most passing yards in a single season. So 1,200 per game? <laughs> yeah, a little bit more than 1,200, yes. Don't pretend like it's not doable, Sean. That's only 300 per quarter. Jameis Winston almost hit 300 the first quarter against the Lions. The 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 part about that bet that everybody's sleeping on is that Breach has to go to Jay Cutler's house and like get his autograph. Like, like wearing like a Mitchell Trubisky shirt for a month is a pain in the ass. But like you've got to go and be like, hey, Jay. I lost a bet on my CBS Sports podcast, and can I have your autograph for my this buddy Sean? This 100% ends with Jay Cutler and I out for drinks at some country bar in Nashville where nobody recognizes him, probably taking tequila shots. This is only going to have a good ending. Sean will get his autograph. It'll probably be scribbled because of the tequila, but don't worry. I'm ready for it. I've been preparing for it all season. As soon as Dalton got benched, I know what's happening. 
Pats clinch a playoff spot, 11th straight appearance. Tom Brady, 15 to 29, 128 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Yikes. Stephon Gilmore, uh, first Patriots player with two pick sixes in a season since Teddy Bruschi in 2003. Sonny Michelle, 89 rush yards on 19 carries. Hey, Rex Burkhead, Rex Burkhead revenge game. It could have been a Mo Sanu Rex Burkhead uh, revenge game, dual revenge game. And, and, and Tom Brady just wouldn't let it happen. Uh, let's talk some NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks went on the road and actually pushed against the Carolina Panthers. 30 to 24. Carolina stormed it through the back door and, uh, and, and sliced open that cover. Chris Carson, 24 carries, 133 yards, two touchdowns. He was awesome. Russell Wilson, 20 to 26, 286 and two passing touchdowns. Tyler Lockett. Hello, Tyler Lockett. Glad you're alive. 120 receiving yards on eight catches and a touchdown. DJ Moore had a monster game, eight catches, 113 yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had another 175 uh, total yards and two touchdowns. Kyle Allen was wolf, throwing a bunch of picks. Um, and then in another game, the 49ers and the Falcons played. We just sort of blend these two together because what happened was the Seahawks uh, – got flipped up in the late game to the number one seed overall in the NFC because the 49ers lost to the Falcons 29 to 22 on a last second Julio Jones touchdown. He finished with 134 yards, two teeters, Matt Ryan, 25 of 39, 210 yards, two touchdowns, Jimmy Garoppolo, 22 of 34, 200 yards, one touchdown. George Kittle had a huge game, 13 catches, 134 yards and, and destroyed someone's life. Uh, Raheem Mostert scored again, who do you guys think, Ryan? I'll go to you first. Who do you think is going to end up winning this division now? By the way, the Seahawks, 10 one-score victories this season. 10! They're the second team uh, since the 1978 Houston Oilers in NFL history to win two, 10 games by one score or less, eight points or less. And that's the thing that you have to sort of remember, that those close-score games – Basically, as, as flipping a coin, they could have gone either way, and they could be a completely different conversation at this point. And we're talking about the 49ers comfortably ahead in the division, but now they're what are they? One game up? Is that what they are right now? Uh, half game back. Half game back. No, it's a tie, isn't it? They're half game back. But like the Seahawks are in first, but it's a tie. So, yes, yeah, so half game back. Okay. Sorry, didn't, shouldn't, shouldn't have asked the question. But the, the point is, and to your point, Brinson, uh, all those close games makes you think, and I just mentioned it earlier in the podcast, or maybe it was on the, uh, on, on the YouTube exclusive, that basically the Seattle Seahawks is an offense looking for a personality. They have Tyler Lockett showed up. I could have used you last week, Tyler in fantasy. But they obviously have Russell Wilson. He's basically the only guy that's there every week. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer isn't helping with all the running that they like to do. Um, Rashad Penny's now out with ACL injury, so they have – to juggle the, the the running back situation there. I like the 49ers better as a football team. This loss to the Falcons actually doesn't really bother me. The Falcons have a really good offense, and, and they seem to play hard for Dan Quinn down the stretch. Maybe they're trying to save his job um, against Arthur Blank's wishes. I don't know. But I think the 49ers are the better football team, and I think they have a chance to, to win the division. I like Seattle, but I don't know about the defense, and it's the Russell Wilson show. Um, San Francisco, meanwhile, has players at every position that contribute every week, and I think that's the difference. Uh, can I disagree I, with him? Do you know Are you going to disagree with him, Sean? Uh, <clears throat> I will say I do agree with Ryan that I'm not too concerned about this loss. To me, this was like seeing the old girlfriend at the bar, the Falcons 49ers game. She knows all your tricks. You can't hit on her even if it's like five years later because it's been there, done that. And that's how I feel about Dan Quinn 
going up against Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan has been calling these plays, running circles around opposing defenses. But Dan Quinn worked them for two years. He knows Shanahan's offense inside and out. The 49ers couldn't get anything going on offense. This was the first game where they really got shut down. The only thing they had was George Kittle. When Garoppolo couldn't get him the ball, they literally could not do anything. It just felt like that the Falcons were always one step ahead of what the 49ers were going to do. Their defense just seemed to know what was coming at all times. That being said, I do think the Seahawks end up winning this division. Uh, here's the thing. That Week 17 game is in Seattle. Since Pete Carroll was hired in 2010, Seahawks are 7-2 and in Week 17. When they need to win, they do win. And I just can't see Garoppolo, 49ers offense, going in to the most hostile environment in the NFL and pulling out a win, <coughs> excuse me, in the season finale. Yeah, I, I agree with what Ryan said and, and what Breach said in the sense that I actually think the, I think the 49ers are a better team from top to bottom. Uh, but I think the Seahawks will win the division just because they have that much better of a quarterback. And Russell Wilson had kind of struggled by his standards in recent weeks to the point where Lamar Jackson has completely run away with MVP. This was more of the Russell Wilson that we saw in the first half of the season, I thought. And, I mean, the, we're not talking about the Panthers, but I thought the Panthers' defense was complete doo-doo. Like, it looked like oh, they had completely quit on the season. It's, um, it's the, it's, they're terrible. They're the yes. worst run defense in football. They're awful, and their best play came when Schottenheimer, for some reason, called the Josh Gordon pass that was intercepted, uh, which, what do you do? Don't take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. Uh, but the loss to the Falcons does not bother me. I think, in a way, it, it, if it costs them a bye, um, obviously it bothers me then, but in terms of just like getting ready for the playoffs, I, I think this could be an okay loss for them in terms of, you know, I think Kittle talked about it afterwards about how it was a good wake-up call for them. And uh, they have played a lot of close games in recent weeks. Um, and so I, I think this is an okay loss for them to get recalibrated. recalibrated. Uh, they still qualified for the postseason. They still have the whole season out in front of them um, by going to Seattle and having that determine the division. So I think they're fine. Um, I'm not concerned about them. And I don't know. Do we need to talk about Dan Quinn maybe? Saving his job? Like, has he done enough? Sort of. I want to say this, though. What do you, Sean, you're five and nine. Sean mentioned the um, Josh Gordon five interception. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Breach mentioned that Seattle's awesome at home in Week 17. He also mentioned that the Saints would never beat the Seahawks in Seattle or whatever. I uh, said with Teddy. No, I don't know. Gar- guaranteed. guaranteed. The Saints season is over. That's right. Guaranteed. That's exactly what you said. I never said it was <laughs> no over. Rebuttal. No rebuttal. But here's my point. My point is this. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan is roughly 40 times better coach than Brian Schottenheimer plus Pete Carroll, and I think that you have to take that into consideration. We always dunk on Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens. I'm taking Kyle Shanahan. I don't care where the game's played. If these are the matchups, and, and Brian Schottenheimer is going to do crazy things like run the ball 40 times a game, and then on one play have uh, Josh Gordon throwing passes to the other team. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can get down with that, but I just think – the, but we need to see what's going on with the 49ers defense, I think. Cause that was the other problem too, is they were, they're just not healthy on defense, especially in the secondary right now. And I, we look, I said coming into this, and, um, I did, uh, the radio show with Nick Costas on radio.com or whatever on, on Sunday morning, and we were talking about this game. It's like, it feel, it felt like it's not a sandwich game or a trap game. It's like an X, it's an exhale game. Like they've been on the road. They played the, they played the Ravens. They played the Saints. These huge games with tremendous stakes. And you get at home, you're a 10 point fave against the Falcons. You were just a reeling team. And you're like, whew, man, we made it back. You know what I'm saying? And like you sort of let your guard down a little bit. And they've been in, um, now I think the, uh, now the 49ers, their chance to get the one seed, uh, fell from 
16.2%. Oh, no, their projected uh, Super Bowl percentage fell from 16.2 down to 13.8, and they went from a 65% chance to win the division to 39%. Um, Now, the 49ers and Seahawks have both clinched the playoff spot because the Rams lost and are now three games back of them. So they're they're still in the playoffs, and they're fine, but they – Maybe not win the division. I would take the Seahawks. I think I, I had the Seahawks before the season. I wouldn't be stunned if the 49ers pulled it off. Um, but remember, the, the Seahawks also have a better out this coming week because the, the 49ers play the Rams and the Seahawks get the Cardinals. And worth noting, just something to keep an eye on as week 17 approaches, Bobby Wagner and Quadra Diggs both left with sprained ankles. It seems mm-hmm. like Diggs' injury is a little bit more severe than Bobby Wagner's. But the Bobby Wagner thing was a real scare because he was down for a long time and went into the mysterious blue tent where God knows what happens in there. So well, just something to keep an eye on because you mentioned the 49ers are banked up. But if they're without those two players, that Seahawks defense is iffy without them. Yeah, for sure. And remember, they um, they ruled uh, Judavid Clowney, Shaquem Griffin, and uh, somebody, Michael, uh, somebody else, another linebacker, out right before the game. It's sort of a surprise move because Clowney was like a homecoming game for him. He's from Fort Mill, South Carolina, and uh, it definitely hurt their defense. All right, moving along. Um, we should say the Seahawks 49ers both clinched playoff spots because of the Rams' loss. So that means four of the six spots in the NFC are locked Great. up. That's By the way, I want to point out one thing. 49ers, Seahawks, they, they've clinched. You just said that breach. Listen up. <laughs> no, I was saying there's four teams total. I was naming off because the, uh-huh. the Packers are. We knew the Saints because they had clinched the division. The Packers are in. The four of the six spots are clinched. He didn't breach. say that. I could say a breach. Okay. He breach. pulled a rabbit out of his head. You just ducked on yourself. <laughs> rabbit out of his head. Well played. All right. What's next? Um, Reese taking a lot of L's, taking more L's than Andy Dalton this week. I took so many, I took so many W's in Vegas. They had to even out at some point. <laughs> how much money? How much? How much money did you make in Vegas? You know what's funny is that <laughs> I had a drunken <laughs> Vegas parlay that was Ravens. Oh, the 49ers money line. Oh no, Ravens to cover, Patriots to cover, 49ers money line. All they do is win by one point. It was only it was paid out at like three point three to one. So that was one and a half. That was one and a half to one. No, that was I was originally going to bet the Ravens money line, but yes. since it was Ravens point spread, uh, it upped it to. So basically, I only bet a hundred dollars on it, and it would have won three thirty. And the Forty ers blew it. All they had to do was win. All they had to do was win. Mm. You didn't All give us a number on how much you won. How many units were you up for the weekend? Uh, I did pretty well. I won four bets, and I lost one, and I bet a hundred on each. I was like. Probably like 500, 400. How'd you do, how'd you do the blackjack tables? Uh, I didn't play blackjack. I was at my sister's 40th birthday party. Half my weekend was dictated by what she wanted to do. And sisters, sisters do, yes, the Ferris wheel. Sisters do not want to hang out at the blackjack table for 12 straight hours, unfortunately. Did you go, did you sneak off to any, uh, nightclubs? I did not go to the Bunny Ranch, uh, Brenton. Spirit Rhino? (laughs) We did not go there. We were going to go to a nightclub, but the line was ridiculously long, and they don't like – you know, they want the younger crowd. Yeah. And then you end up being up till 7 a.m., and I was like, I have to get back for this podcast on Sunday and sound coherent. So, so we, saw a, we saw a tweet from you at 9.30 a.m., your time. It was like 12.30. It was like lunch on Friday, I think, and you were like – it was a picture of the Ferris wheel outside of your, outside of your hotel, and you're like, I haven't slept yet. Had you flown in? You flew in on Thursday night and stayed up all night until 9 a.m. 
I will. I listened to the podcast on Friday, and Brinson, you mentioned that that was the sunset. It was actually the sunrise since I had been up all night. So I flew in. No, that's what I thought. I was thinking you might have like taken like a picture of the sun setting and then been like, oh, I've been up all night, but you're like <laughs> messing around. But you'd actually been up all night. I got there about eight o'clock and then went to bed at nine a.m. Pacific time the next what day. What were y'all that, doing? Wait, real quick. He was eating chicken nuggets that he bought the day before that he was heating up what is with you and heating up old fast food just get a fresh meal what are you doing when you're hungover the number one thing you want sean is fried old food from a microwave why not get fresh food i don't want that i don't want that when i'm hungover also like you're in vegas at a hotel if you if you like you it's it's hard not to like accidentally find a delicious breakfast that is designed to cure your 45 cents you can eat anywhere in Vegas for less than a dollar. He's heating up stuff that he found on the on the walk home from the bar. Have you ever had leftover Wendy's chicken nuggets? Because until you have, don't knock this. Oh, <laughs> oh, what manner of you got to bleep that out? We need to get <laughs> Wendy's to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, yeah, sir. This is a Wendy's. All right, what's I'll... next? All right. <laughs> uh... Packers and Bears, Vikings and Chargers. Packers and Bears, 21-13. Green Bay wins. Green Bay covers the four and a half. Old Mitchie Poo Trubisky couldn't lead him through the back door. He was the top-scoring fantasy guy with 17 points. The under of 41 hit in this game. And uh, in the Vikings and Chargers, Vikings smashed the Chargers. Old Phil Ip Rivers, 39-10. to um, had a strip sack at the end of the first half that was taken to the house by the Vikings and the game was just never close after that. The Vikings obviously covered. Um, Anthony Lynn said, we got our butt kicked. I think he said we got our ass kicked, but who knows? We got our ass kicked in all three phases. We've been, we gotten beat. We've never gotten beat like that. And that was my problem today. That's my frustration right now. I haven't seen that in three years since I've been here. Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings hit their win total over. Woo! But, uh, they are going to have a difficult time. Clinching the division because the Packers have the division record division record tiebreaker on them, which means the Packers need to lose to the Lions in Week 17, in addition to the Vikings winning in Week 16 for the Vikings to win the division. So probably not happening. Uh, Green Bay's in a very good spot to win that division unless they just gag it away. Uh, the Bears the other direction, but the Vikings and the Rams, Rams catching the Vikings. That that could that could happen. Yeah. You gotta talk, Ryan. I don't think I don't think so. I was just trying to get the Rams. The, the Vikings list. would have to lose out, though. No, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Rams had to win out, and the, Vikings, the Rams had to beat the um, 49ers, 49ers and the Cardinals, and then the Vikings would have to lose. I mean, the Vikings could certainly lose. I don't. The Vikings have looked awesome the last two yeah. weeks. Uh, I, I mean, I, Dalvin Cook, by the way, shoulder injury did not return to the game. It could be serious. That would be a, of course, a major problem for the Vikings. Although. Alexander Madison wasn't even healthy. Mike Boone is great too. That guy is violent. He runs, he runs violently. And, uh, I, I enjoyed seeing that. That was their largest road win since 1992 for Minnesota, a 42-7 win at Cincinnati. Uh, in that game, Rich Cannon threw for four touchdowns for the Vikings. Wow. Okay. And My Boone dad played Sison, in that game. I, I bet he did. Oh, fun fact. Fun and, uh, Boomer Sison threw four interceptions for the Bengals. Also notable, no one made a field goal in the game, but there were seven missed field goals for the Bengals. Also, uh, Andy Dalton threw, had Andy Dalton day. Yeah. yeah, hey, yeah. You, you mentioned Dalvin Cook and being replaced by uh, Madison being hurt and, and Mike Boone playing really well. 
What kind of money is Melvin Gordon going to get next year? Zero. He had two fumbles. Is someone paying him five million a year? He's getting podcast money. (laughs) I mean, honestly, is someone going to pay him five million a year? No. Well, yeah, someone give him five million a year. Who are some dumb teams? I mean, you know, Gettleman might be like, I need a backup for Saquon or something. I could see like, no, I guess the Raiders drafted Josh Jacobs. Um, I don't know. He has done himself no favors. He's done himself fewer favors than Le'Veon Bell's done, and he had a terrible day. This it's it's been a bad it's it's been a bad year for Melvin Gordon for sure. Chargers had he, seven turnovers, their most in a game since 1998, when they had eight turnovers in a game. Uh, the ties for the most this season. The Buccaneers also had uh, seven turnovers against the uh, the Panthers in Week Six. Philip Rivers three interceptions. You know who feel bad about those interceptions? Yannick Ngakwe. Mm. 90 yard touchdown. 90 yard touchdown. I mean, <laughs> that's all I could think about every time he threw a pick and he had that stupid look on his face. Like, I want to like him, but dude, you're 40 years old. Why are you acting like that? Who would you rather play in the playoffs? The Vikings or the, or the Packers? Packers, Packers 100%. Yeah. Do the Packers are a luck box? Yes. Yeah, they've been super lucky this year. They're the number two seed. It's insane. I know. It's crazy. I think they're one of the worst 11 3 teams or like. Teams that are over, like, 10 games over 500, roughly. They're one of the worst 10 games over 500 type of teams that I've seen. If you were, if you had to win one playoff game, Sean. If I personally? Rod- you got, yeah, you get to pick a quarterback to win one playoff game for your team. Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? And right, like, this year. This year, right now. Kirk Cousins. Um, Sean, but the Packers have a better point differential than the Seahawks. Who would you take Ooh. in that game? I would still take the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks, we went against your own point differential formula. (laughs) I'm not denying the Seahawks have gotten lucky. The Seahawks have gotten very lucky. By the way, um, coming into week 15, the Seahawks ranked sixth in DVOA, the team efficiency. The Vikings are seventh, and the Green Bay Packers are tenth, behind the Rams, notably. Yeah, it sucks the Vikings can't win that division because, I mean, if they could get a home game, I mean, they could really do some damage in the playoffs. I still think the Saints. I still think they can be a problem, but like, I mean, so if you're looking at the Vikings, you're probably going to be the sixth seed or the fifth seed, right? No, sixth. sixth. Yeah, you're you're stuck in the sixth spot. Yeah, you'd rather be the fifth seed because then you get the Cowboys or the Eagles. But like, you you you're going to either go to Seattle or San Francisco, probably. Yeah, it's tough. They could go beat Seattle in Seattle. They, they could, beat- they could, yeah. but it's it's tough. You're right, like because I think we all. Seem to think that they're better than the Packers, and it, it really, it's really tough that they're going to have to spend the entire postseason on the road. Right, like if the Packers beat the Vikings next week, the Packers are going to get home field advantage for like, or at least a bye, and yeah, they're going to welcome one of these, you know, divisional round winners. Or they're going to welcome one of these wild card winners in to their house, and the Vikings meanwhile are going to have to go to like Seattle and play a wild card game, which is just brutal. Right Although, now, like, prior to the Monday night game, they're they're slated to go to New Orleans for the. Miracle in Minnesota rematch in New Orleans. Ooh, spicy. Indeed. But if New Orleans beats Indianapolis, New Orleans would jump to the one seed. Mm, interesting. Um, so you think the Packers are frauds, Sean? And say whatever it is you said on the YouTube show. Well, I mean, we were talking about Vikings versus Packers, and I think it's about four and a half, four points. I would take the Vikings because they have the better quarterback this season, I think, by a decent margin. Um, and they have the better defense. And I I watched, obviously, the entire Packers-Bears game. And, 
if the Bears have a quarterback who can play at a B level, I think they win this game pretty easily because Aaron Rodgers was not good. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, was not good last week against the Redskins either. I thought it was one of his worst games I've ever seen him play. Uh, and he, Aaron Rodgers against the Bears made Six, one, 16 of 33 for 203 yards and one touchdown. And his, and so his only good throw was up the seam to Devontae Adams on a fourth down on a touchdown. But even that throw, Adams had two steps on Buster Screen. It's a throw that most quarterbacks should be able to make. Uh, and Trubisky I mean, threw 53 times in this game. What the hell? Well, they were down 21 to three. So, I mean, um, again, like the difference in quarterbacking in this game, I don't think was that, was that off between Trubisky and, and Rodgers. What the, what the Packers is, are good at, and I think why they give teams trouble is I think their offensive line is so good and their defensive line is really good. And that's why the Packers won this game is they dominated the Bears up front on both sides. And that, and that's why it's like, I don't think this Packers team is that good, but if they're playing at home with that offensive line and they can rush the passer, then no, no one should be writing them off as going to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're that good, but they're going to be in such an, in an advantageous position. And Rodgers can get hot. I mean, like, yeah. We don't even think it's likely. But it's I possible. mean, that's what I said on YouTube shows. I've been waiting 14 weeks for that to happen. I've been waiting. Every Monday I wake up and I said, this is the week Aaron Rodgers is going to get hot. And then it never happens. I've been waiting for 14 weeks, and I'm not waiting anymore. And Rodgers is not going to get hot. But then in watch like, it happen in the playoffs. In like week 10, did your wife just start like reflexively being like, no. Like you'd wake up and be like, hey, baby. Like, no, then not she, this week either, John. She makes the look of the Peloton wife. She's like, my God, Aaron Rodgers is not happening. Stop. Fetch isn't happening. Aaron Rodgers isn't happening. None of this is happening. Yeah. Um, Texas Titans, moving along. You guys Wait, get there? Can we just throw in real quick? Jesper Horstead almost could have won oh, this yeah. game. How could we forget that? We not almost won. Not won. Tied. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, tied. That's true. They would have had the to get Bears a were down conversion. eight and ran uh, the what Scott Van Pelt calls the uh, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo thing. Um, and they did. It looked – it was really – I got to be honest. I thought the whole thing was designed. Yes. Well, the play but, before, don't forget, they had a chance to catch in the back of the end zone. It was tipped and it was pretty close. Yeah. Riley, and then uh, uh, the pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo thing happened. Riley, Riley, Riley Ridley, the rookie, who's Calvin Ridley's – Cousin or brother? Brother. Related. Brother, yeah. Uh, it got tipped. He had a chance to pull it in. It goes off. Um, and then they threw to Tariq Cohen, who, like, ran. But, like, you could tell he stopped. And he was running, like, what looked like a very specific route. Well, because Trubisky got down the field. They were very clearly trying to get it to Trubisky because they were yeah. like, this guy can lateral it across the field. And he's also fast, and he can, like, he's a good runner. And so, they, yeah. like, he flips it to Trubisky. And then Trubisky takes it off. And, like, they had guys running in waves. And they get the option, they get a pitch, the pitch, and like Tariq Cohen's behind Jesper Horstad, he's got two guys running beside him to the right, and then he just, he doesn't toss it! He just didn't. If he, like, if he throws it down, Robinson, Allen Robinson scores, um, and I, and I think Breach wants to point wait, out that. The, is Allen Robinson 17? No, that's Anthony Miller. Okay, yeah, yeah. Al, yeah, Allen Robinson scores. E, so, Horstad was standing on the numbers. He was on the 10 yard line on the numbers. Allen Robinson was three yards, like, to his right, and there was not a Packers defender near them. Every Packers defender was inside the numbers. So if Horstead gets this pitch off, I, I mean, Allen Robinson probably could have crawled in the end zone. Without and, Al and Allen Robinson is calling for it, too, like, well before. The thing is, if it was a seven-point game, I would have been heartbroken. I was, like, kind of thankful because I was, like— I knew what was going to happen on the two-point conversion is Matt Nagy's going to call some dumb thing with, like, Akeem Hicks throwing the ball to, a like, Khalil <laughs> Mack or something, and it was going to be, like, the most embarrassing two-point try. I was just like, I've been a fan of the Bears for a long time. 
I know they don't get that two point conversion. I know Matt Nagy's pulling some dumb play out of his butt. Well, and, I wanted the I wanted the Bears to steal a cover. By the way, I should point out too that like the that was nearly a cover thief. Where the Bears were covered plus four and a half or yeah plus four whatever it was. Uh, also, we didn't mention that Falcons game. There was a total. Uh, the, the 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 Falcons scored a touchdown after the after the the Julio Jones touchdown, which was the theoretically the last it was their last offensive play. Then Dan Quinn kneels on the two point conversion because he didn't want it to get blocked or taken back to the house, and then they lose by one. Are we sure he thought he couldn't run the clock out? Because oh, yeah. the announcers, this is like Kenny Albert, or the announcers like. Is, is, is he, or maybe it's Dick Stockton. He's like, is he running the clock out? It's like, no, man, he's taking a knee so he didn't get blocked. But then, uh, the, the 49ers try to do some pitchy, pitchy woo woo and it gets taken back the other way. And that's a touchdown and that busts the over in that game. So we, uh, we had that. We'll get to another one in a second, but then the Bears, the lateral was almost a major cover stealer. Yeah. And one thing that surprised me real quick on the lateral was so when Horstead did, when Horstead tried to pitch it, he did try to pitch it backward, but it hit off a Packers player foot and it happened so fast. Most people thought he threw it forward and it was game like forward lateral game over, but he did throw it backward. It hit a Packers player foot, which made it bounce forward. And then Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen didn't even bother picking yeah. up the ball. And, and like, even if you can't advance it, it like you just make just an try. effort to try to, to, to make see what happens. You know, like there was no, because if you fumble it forward, only the fumbler can advance the ball. But if you fumble it backward and it hits a guy's foot on the other team, I'm not sure. I mean, worst case is you get the ball in the end zone, get it ruled a touchdown, and let the refs sort it out after. Right, like, right, exactly. And they just gave up on it. Like, it, like oh, game over. Who cares? Yeah. I thought that was weird after by all the, that effort. By the way, the 49ers uh, Falcons going over, Bill Barnwell, Brentson would like to note, friend of the program, Um <laughs> had a really good tweet that described like how insane this was that the game went over. So the over under in the 49ers Falcons game was 49 and a half with five seconds left. The score was 22 to 17 with five oh seconds left. God. It was 22 to 17 and the you game got, went you over. Got 10 and a half points to play with for five seconds and a game that cannot be tied and you, you lose your over bet. Like there, was... You're probably in line at the sports book waiting to cash your ticket in. Yeah. Yeah, you're like I don't care if they win or not. Just give me the cash, the over. That's rough. That's like that is yeah, that's rough. Uh, Titans, Texans, twenty four. Titans, twenty one. Uh, speaking of rough, three end zone interceptions on red zone plays to kill my over in this game. Forty eight. Mm, you hate to see it, Sean. Texans cover the plus three, the under a fifty and a half hit. Ryan Tannehill was the top fantasy performer with twenty eight points, and the Texans now have serious control of this division. Um, the Titans, uh, I believe, the Texans would need to lose twice. The Texans would need to lose out because they're a game up on the Titans, even if the Titans beat them in Week Seventeen. So, like, I mean, who, even if the who do they that? play? Who do the Texans play? Let's come Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. I mean, they could. Anyway, Hey, uh, we didn't talk about it on our, on our early odds look ahead. I'm going to tell you, 53, too low for that game. <laughs> every every Bucks game goes over because Jameis Winston is a human over machine. Yeah, he is. Yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks are like perfectly designed for overs because they, they're great on run. They're, like, they're a legitimately great run defense. 
They can't run the football. They love passing the football. They can't stop the pass. And they got a quarterback who just like hemorrhages turnovers. And averages like nine yards attempt or something. It's either like yeah. a touchdown or. You know, you, so James, well, I guess we'll get to the Bucks in a second. Well, anyway, uh, Deshaun Watson, 19 of 27, 243 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, first player in NFL history with 25 pass TDs and five rush touchdowns in two in consecutive seasons. Uh, Steve Young is the only other player in NFL history with multiple seasons of 25 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. That will change tonight. next year. Lamar Jackson, yeah. probably. Does Lamar, yeah, he's at 25. He's got like 30. He's got 30. He leads the NFL in touchdowns. Uh, Kenny Stills caught two of his passing touchdowns. It was not DeAndre Hopkins, unfortunately. Carlos Hyde, 26 carries, 104 yards. Hey, congratulations. A thousand rushing yards for Carlos Hyde. First time in his career. Ruining fantasy seasons forever. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 22 of 36 for 279 yards, two touchdowns, one interceptions, and one, one interception, and one rush touchdown. Derrick Henry didn't cross 100 yards for the first time in five games, brings that streak to a close, but my adopted son, A.J. Brown, eight catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown, fourth 100-yard game, tied for second most by a rookie in franchise history, back-to-back 100-yard games. I cannot tell you how much I love A.J. Brown, uh, but it you know, won't do him any good because the Titans are probably in trouble when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, the thing is, um, I watched a lot of this game. Ryan Tannehill's awesome. The thing at halftime, he was only seven of sixteen for 127 yards and an interception, no touchdowns. But, but the interception, interception wasn't was, even his. What's that? It was not his fault. Not his fault at all. He threw a slant and the and uh, who was the guy? Ferks or whatever his name is got hit. Ball popped up and they ran it the other way. Um, he's gonna make a lot of money. And I think JLC reported that the Titans want to resign him, so that makes a ton of sense. But um, if anybody can can lead the Titans to victory over the, the Saints next week, it'll it'll be Ryan Tannehill. I thought it was a good game for the Texans after them getting their doors blown off last week by the Broncos somehow. So they they bounced back, needed the win, they got it. They played uh, pretty well. They're up fourteen nothing. Titans came back and made it a game, and then the the Texans eked it out. Having Will Fuller healthy, I feel like changes this offense so much. Even like he only caught five passes, sixty one yards. Uh, so it wasn't like his normal, you know. Touchdown bomb day, but it frees up so much, not just for Hopkins, who had six catches, 119 yards, but Kenny Stills caught two touchdowns. And so, like, it's just, it's always the trick with Will Fuller. Can his hamstring stay healthy? Um, but ha- just having him on the field just forces the defense to key on him and, you know, respect, the, you know, defend every blade of grass vertically. So, um, I thought that was really key, even though he only had 60 yards. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Their, their splits are night and day with and without Will Fuller. Like he is a major, major factor for them. Um, I who would you who would you rather see if you're an AFC playoff team, the Titans or the Steelers? Not the Titans. Yeah, if I, I mean, pick you... my opponent. I don't want to play the Titans. I I would want Duck Hodges in my stadium so I could abuse him. Quack quack quack, Mister Ducksworth, and uh, win by about three <laughs> touchdowns. We just well, multiple great <laughs> clips that we need to pull off this pod. <laughs> Breach quack, jokes quack, on you because the Steelers, Steelers only lose by seven or less. So three touchdowns. <laughs> I, would, I would direct you to the Bengals. <laughs> that's wow. fair. That's fair, Ryan. Thanks. They don't get. But yeah, no one, no one wants to face Ryan Tannehill. I just told you he's the best quarterback in the league. He is awesome. He's good. And your buddy AJ Brown out there running routes. I love. He's him. awesome as well. The thing is, he, Tannehill's like a poor man's gunslinger, like a poor man's Brett Favre. He's uh, out there throwing deep balls. And less turnovers, and they just—it's exciting to watch. 
the problem with the Titans game plan, I thought, was that they were way too conservative. They were like they're conservative. That's what they do. You know, they were totally willing to just run the ball. They had a nine minute drive in the in the in the third quarter. They like you need to let Tannehill sling it. I mean, every these guys were running wide Henry. open, huh? They have Derrick Henry. But I mean, like AJ AJ Brown and Corey Davis were running wide open in that secondary for the for the Texans. You, you could take them. They didn't. They they were just running the ball too much. I thought. And by the way, Sean John, Watts, I was going to say Johnny Smith ran the ball. Um, he had a long run. That was the longest run by a tight end in forty three years. Um, he, he was out the last the last tight end to have a uh, that the run. I don't want to do that. Rich Caster. Oh, right, Rich. 19th. And he, he was one of the fastest people on the field, and along with your guy, A.J. Brown, who is obviously very fast. Um, he's another weapon they have. But they were down 14 nothing. They didn't panic. They came back and tied it. I don't think they have to sling the ball with Ryan Tannehill. Just let him do what he does well, get Derrick Henry healthy, and, and like Breach said, ain't no one trying to face the Titans. You, you'll welcome Duck Hodges anywhere. Titans defense is not very good, though. They weren't bad. I mean, the – very just op- opportunistic. Like they, I don't think they were actually good. It was uh, Vicaro baited Watson into an early pick yeah. in the red zone. It was, it was a great play by him. Uh, I don't know if they were necessarily stopping them. I mean, they allowed 140 yeah, the, yards the on the Texas, ground. Texas should have scored yeah. 45 points. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, placement level. They're, they're yeah. defense. Can the, can the, can the Texans a, win the Super Bowl? No. What? Why not? Who's their coach? Bill O'Brien. Thank okay, you. there's your answer. Case closed. I don't Next case. Can they win the Super Bowl? <laughs> yes, they can win the Super Bowl. I mean, they have Deshaun Watson, a, like top They five, had him top. last year, too, Sean. What happened? Okay, they, just because something didn't happen last You know how many times like a team has repeated and won the Super Bowl? New what teams, happened last week? I do know. Just, thank you. Let's just because just your team losing, lost in the playoffs every year for a decade. And now this like, team got <laughs> absolutely launched into the moon by – Vic Fangio's high-powered offense in Denver just <laughs> seven days ago. They were looking ahead to this Titans game. It's a clear oh, right. sample. That's okay, I see. Okay, well then, yeah, they they they've already won the Super Bowl. Then using that logic, no, this team you know, is not. You know what? Breach talks about his made-up probabilities. My made-up probabilities: there's zero percent chance the Texans are winning the Super Bowl. Okay? Boom! Thank save you. that clip. Yeah, yeah save I, it, please do. I wouldn't count out Deshaun Watson. I would never. Yeah, count Sean out just Deshaun said Watson. that. I love Deshaun Watson, but Bill O'Brien ain't gonna. He might have something to say about that. Well, I mean, like, they can beat the Patriots. Yeah, they beat the Patriots. Newsflash. Sometimes teams that go to the Super Bowl just happen to get hot at the right time and rip off two or three wins in a row, and then they're there. They well, can keep beat the Patriots. Lucky rabbit's foot, Sean, and maybe they'll get hot. They can beat the Patriots. They can beat the Chiefs. We know that because they've done that already this year. Uh, they will can beat the Bills, and they can beat the Steelers because they're the Bills and Steelers. Can, and they, yes, beat the, can they beat the Broncos? The Broncos aren't going to be in the playoffs, so don't worry about it. <laughs> the Ravens are the Ravens a problem? Yes, yes, the Ravens are a problem. But Deshaun okay. Watson can get nuclear. I mean, that's just a fact, right? Or they're going to lose to the Buffalo Bills in the first round when they oh. host them in Houston. That, I mean, that's also yeah. They can. They're the team that can lose to anyone but beat anyone. If you have, I thought, Watson, we, said, you have I thought, I thought we said the Bills were that team. Everyone can't teams. be that team. There's Sean. a lot. Of, no, there's that's a lot the, of those teams. That's the whole AFC this year. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole NFL every year. Yeah. Chiefs 23, Broncos 3, snow game! Yay! I love snow games. This is not as, this is not an entertaining snow game though. The Chiefs easily oh, covered the minus that nine. That's great. It was five is fine. Mahomes was triple. Tell me. The under hit of 43, I was mashing that live under. You could tell that thing was not going over. It had no chance of happening. Uh, Tyreek Hill said, this was my first snow game. 
and I had a blast with it. I don't want to do it again because it's very cold, but I had fun with it. I'll do it again. Patrick Mahomes, top fantasy performer, 24 points, and the Chiefs defense locked down the Broncos. See what I did there? Also, the snow completely destroyed Drew Locke. He could not do anything in the snow. He was not prepared for it. Patrick Mahomes was much better. So it was awesome. A lot of fun. The guys were embracing it. We knew we knew it was going to snow. We practiced in cold weather a lot. So you get there. You're already accustomed to it, and you go out there and play. Travis Kelsey said, you just attack it like a nightclub, bro. You didn't actually say that. Did he say that? <laughs> uh, the Chiefs have won nine straight against the Broncos and are 5-0 and against the AFC West this season. The fewest points allowed by the Chiefs since week 17 of 2018 over the last four games. They've only given up 11.3 points per game. That defense has started to come together. I think this team's going to win the Super Bowl. That's my, that would be my AFC pick. This team too is going to win the Super Bowl and the, and the Texans, good lord. The Texans have a chance. These guys <laughs> don't understand the question. I know. I, I, if I was, when I, when we repick for the playoffs, Cause mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick the Steelers because they got quack, quack, Mr. Duckman. Um, Mr. Ducksworth. Ducksworth. You're giving up on the Vikings? No, I'll pick the, the Chiefs and the Vikings to play. Uh, well, Breach and I had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl before the season, so. Wow. Well, congratulations. My, my, my Super congratulations Bowl on being season. a tiny little island of people that picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. My Super what a, what a Bowl weird tiny little island. the season was Chiefs-Vikings. So yeah. if Brinson switches to it, he must bow to me and kiss the ring to switch to my pick. I agree. I agree with that 100%. I'll tweet about how it's Bow my pick. Bow to him and kiss the ring, Brinson. I'll, I'll, tweet, I'll tweet constantly how it's my pick, and I'll like write stories about it. And then people will be like, Brinson, call Chiefs Vikings. And they will be furious. And that's, like, your, that's how you get to where you are. Yeah. <laughs> that was Kelsey, 11 catches, 142 yards. Tyree Hill, 5 catches, 67 yards, 2 touchdowns. Mahomes was awesome, right, Sean? Yeah, it was um, – that's why I said it was an awesome snow game, just because – it's it, 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 it's like I'm, I don't know what to say because you normally see every quarterback in the league at some point like have to make adjustments to the way they play in snow, right? Um, I'm not saying like other quarterbacks can't play well in the snow, but Mahomes looked better than he has looked in a in a long time because even though he's been healthy since the Mexico City game against the Chargers, he hasn't looked that great or been that efficient. He averaged 10 yards per attempt against a good Broncos defense. He did throw one bad interception in the snow. Yes, and um, I think Chris Harris after the game said, quote, he's the best. There ain't no doubt about it. He's better than Lamar. Um, he completed 80% of his passes and for 340 yards in the snow. This he was- said he said after the game that last year in the snow game against the Colts in the playoffs, he was a little nervous because he never played in the snow before because he's from Texas. Going into this game, he had a lot of confidence because he knew the ball would be sticky from the snowflakes. I'm not sure why that's the case. So he felt like he could spin it. So he was playing with a ton of confidence, and that was probably his best game of the year. And he talked about, I think, before the game, I think they said it on the broadcast, that what he had noticed in this past couple games is he was relying a little bit too much on his arm and kind of drifting back in the pocket, throwing off his back foot. And I think that was really noticeable when you watch. And he was much better today in just sitting back there and actually staying in the pocket and playing there. Um, and to be frank, I don't think his numbers do him justice because if the Chiefs defense wasn't so good and if the Broncos had put up points, I think the Chiefs could have hung 50 that type of game, but they kind of shut it down late in the second half because they, they had, they were, to- they were still throwing. I mean, like it was like I was, I mean, as someone who took the under and like, like in live bet, it was like they were like still throwing. It's like, why are you guys still throwing, man? Like settle down here. Um, I don't know if they were going to get 50 unless Butker was going to kick 17 more field goals because I do feel like the only thing the Broncos did well and they didn't do much well was, <laughs> They started to kind of clinch up once the Chiefs got down toward the red zone. I think Bucker had 
three field goals under 35 yards. They just, so Kansas City got to a spot and they just couldn't get any further. So they did struggle a little bit in the red zone. And I thought the crazy thing about this game is like the Broncos, you're in Denver. This team played like they had never seen snow before. I've never seen a team that lives and practices in this cold weather and snow play so badly in the snow. Has Drew Locke ever seen snow before? He looked horrible. By the way, Breach, Breach pointed out the red zone offense. I think that's something to keep an eye on moving forward because it's actually, it hasn't just, it wasn't just this game where they struggled down near the end zone. Last year, the Chiefs were second in, in touchdown percentage in the red zone, 73%. This year, they're down to 53%, which ranks at the, near the bottom of the league. So regression. Interesting. All right. Jaguars 20, Raiders 16, the final game of Oakland in Oakland, a real dagger for the, for the Oakland Raiders. I mean, you hate to see it. I, by the way, the Raiders didn't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> you hate to see so it. Long. Wait, the Raiders um, were following you? Yeah. And they oh, I'm, I'm nervous because they're, they follow me and now I'm checking if they're still following me. I bet they're not. Oh no. This is, this is nerve wracking. I, I, I've been like tweeting like Gruden faces and like Derek Carr stuff. So it's, I mean, it's possible that like Derek Carr saw that like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, I mean, anyway, whatever. Derek uh, Carr probably said, tell that clown show that he either boot him off Twitter or unfollow him. Yeah. And so they can't get you off Twitter because they don't have any control over that. So they unfollowed you. Well, you know what? The Raiders can follow. You deserve this. Uh, the Jags covered plus six and a half, the under 46 and a half hit and only one brave soul. One. I would even guess that one brave soul across the entire nation, the country, nay, the world of NFL media members dared to predict a Jaguars victory in Oakland. Yes, it was me. Are we taking victory laps now with our picks? Is that what we're doing that weekly? No one. I didn't get to take one on my Bills pick. This is a one-point game. No one called the Jaguars going into Oakland and upsetting Gardner, Gardner Mitchell going in there and taking down the Raiders in the final home game. I did it. It was all me. Bow before me and kiss the ring. Um, by the way, things got ugly. You put your headset back on, Sean. Things got ugly, uh, after the game. Both, uh, Mark Sesser of NFL.com, friend of the program, and, uh, Kevin Clark, friend of the program, uh, from the ringer were down on the, the field. Raiders fans were like throwing trash on the field and booing. Nachos and, like, were thrown on the field. Nachos were thrown on the field. They were jumping out of the stands and getting arrested. Give me the security guards. Like, Get the bleep off the field. There's By the way, did you see Breach picking up the, the thrown refuse on the field, taking it home, warming it up? <laughs> eating it. Eating it for <laughs> You see me doing Brinton's job. Those were the actual boos from the game. What? Well, I thought that was Brinton, and I was about to compliment as the best sound thing that we've had since the Bruce Arians thing. <laughs> it was just a boo. It was you like hate a to see it. Those, those were the actual boos. That, that was... Those are the sound clips I want on the podcast. Good job. So Rich. I didn't want to. I didn't want to play Susser's video because the security guard runs over and swears a bunch. He's like, "Get the off our field!" I want to make Debo have to go back and bleep a. Oakland Raiders security guard at like the 97 minute mark of this podcast. Renton, excuses are like buttholes. Everyone has one. <laughs> um, well, anyways, the whole <laughs> beehole drop on here. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's late when Ryan's dropping beehole. <laughs> do you so, uh, use, do you, do you use beehole with your kids? They think it's funny. I don't call them a, a butthole, but we, I mean, shouldn't you say like bottom hole or like? Yeah, like my son's twelve. The other one's eight. Doo doo hole. Yeah, doo hole. Poo hole. <laughs> poo hole. 
Uh, butthole's fine. Okay. That's three times more than we've ever said butthole in this podcast in the last two seconds. It's a seconds. good word. It's underrated. No, uh, I'm not a fan. Well, let's bring it back. Yeah, let's do it. Anyway, so did uh, speaking of buttholes, did anyone see Derek Carr slide sort of out of bounds? And then get the, furious that they didn't stop the clock? Well, they should have let the clock run, and they said he went out of bounds. And the, Raider, the, the refs made a horrible call. I mean, this was an absolutely atrocious call. And when you combine that slide, I think that happened with like two minutes and it's like two o five or five, two o five left. And then so did two, you see his celebration because he popped up and he like ran, he like dropped the ball and he ran over and he like pointed to the crowd. And he like had his tongue out and he's like, yeah, yeah, ah, Oakland, yeah. And then they lost to the Jaguars. Well, then they got called for delay of game because of all that <laughs> celebrating, yep. which stopped the – like, it was a whole – that was a roller coaster ride. Now you know why Raiders fans were booing because they were probably blaming Carr for what happened at the end of the game. But then, minus that, if the Raiders just get a first down, it's game over. Yeah. But, they, but they don't. So now we're past the two-minute warning. Jaguars use both their two timeouts. And now the Raiders are kicking a field goal. Hey, maybe we can ice the game with a field goal. No, Daniel Carlson misses from 50 yards. But then guess what? Jacksonville was offsides. So Carlson got the no, try. They're running into the kicker. Are running into the kicker. They're into the kicker if you missed the field goal. And so it was fourth and 11, so they weren't going to go for it. So now they're kicking another field goal, this time from 45. And Carlson misses it again. So then Jacksonville takes over. And, yeah. And then... The Jack Jacksonville takes the lead, and the Raiders have a last ditch drive, and they they get a pass interference penalty oh, with yeah. Telsum, and they actually get a last ditch hail mary. And to Carr's credit, it's a perfectly thrown pass. It hits a Raiders receiver <laughs> in the head, and the re- and there's a receiver directly behind the guy it hit who is trying to catch the ball, and he's about to catch it, but he can't because it hits the helmet and bounces away. So the final play. <laughs> You can't make this in up. Oakland is a perfectly thrown Hail Mary by Derek Carr that bounces off his receiver's head and costs them a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, by the way, had just lost their last five games by a total of 175 points. This game was like peak Oakland Raiders era, like, cause it had the bad call of sliding out of bounds, which like, look, the most famous game probably is, or I guess it wasn't in, in Oakland, but during the Oakland, the tuck rule game where like that call oh. happens. Um, and then, the celebration, the Derek Carr thing reminds me, I don't know if you remember, it was like four or five years ago when the Raiders were really bad and they were going to win this game. I think it was against the Chiefs or Broncos and like Cleo Mack had a sack and they were like celebrating 20 yards in the backfield while the other team was going up to snap the ball and they got him for offsides because the two <laughs> yeah. Raiders pass rushers were celebrating 30 yards downfield. Yeah. So this game was like the perfect encapsulation of the Oakland era. Uh, Gardner mentioned said it was definitely an awesome experience to be here and play in the last game. Probably saw more middle fingers today than I have in my whole life. <laughs> I knew I liked that. Uh, John Gruden said it's not really the result today. It's the result of the Raiders over the years. It's the Oakland Raiders. It's the appreciation, the loyalty these fans have had for the Raiders. We're going to miss them. The relationship hopefully will never end. It was sad walking in here today. It was sad walking out for the last time. I do feel bad for Gruden and Derek Carr, to be perfectly honest, because, like, they – like they are passionate about Oakland and, and Oakland and, and is now like they a, have to go live next door to each other. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they don't have to bring car with them. Yeah. I know within seconds of that, Sean was tweeting out like, by the way, you can cut Derek Carr and save a bunch of cap space. 16 and a half million. I, would I say, mean, I would, who wouldn't you get 16 and a half a million to get rid of Derek Carr? Who wouldn't take that deal? Cardinals 38 Browns 24. The Cardinals easily covered at home. Smashed Ryan. Freddie Outhouse, over 49 and a half hit. Kenyon Drake, 
yet another former Adam Gase player just blossoming four rushing touchdowns against the Browns and the Cardinals. Minkovich almost had five. What's that? He almost had five. Yeah. Minkovich Patrick's an all pro. Ryan Tannehill's like second in the MVP rankings. Kenan Drake's blowing up this year with Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's almost like Adam Gase isn't a good coach or something. Also, terrible news for David Johnson. We talked about. Um, he gone. Yeah, Melvin Gordon earlier. Dave, David Johnson is going to get cut because he's, he's due a lot of money. By the way, I want to point out to you, uh, <laughs> I'm reading Cleveland.com, the Browns playoff scenarios. So they're not out of it yet. So the Browns must win their final two games against the Ravens and the Bengals to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the Titans and Steelers each must lose their final two games to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Also, the Colts must lose at least one of their final three games to finish no better than 8-8. Eight and eight. This would create a tie among three or more teams for the wild card spot. Uh, since the Bills have already clinched. So the, the Bengals are, excuse me, the, the Browns are done. Uh, Jarvis Landry was yelling, or at least talking very angrily to Freddie Outhouse late in the game when they decided to kick a field goal on fourth and short instead of go for it. Uh, the field goal was missed and they got absolutely housed. Kyler Murray played his best game of the year. You mentioned what Kenyon Drake did. Baker Mayfield did not look great. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry didn't really do much. And, um, the, probably the most disappointing thing, if you're a Browns fan and, and tired of the, the Freddie Kitchens thing, there was a report, I think, by Ian Rapsheet that John Dorsey wants to bring old Freddie Kitchens back next year. So that's they a brought back Hugh Jackson after one in thirty-one. I mean, they're not going to fire Freddie Kitchens. I mean, so sad. By the way, David Johnson, uh, sixteen point two dead cap space next year if they cut him. They can't cut him. Cut him after the year after that. And I will say that. The playoff scenario Ryan just presented. It's not I'll, happening. Stop it. Look, I was just look, about to say. I that just want, sounds like not, a breach post. It's not completely crazy because, look, the Colts have to lose one or two. They play uh, the Saints Monday night. That could happen, right? They Colts losing the Saints is not that, – that, that's eight-point underdogs. So just, just to be clear, the Texans can't win the Super Bowl, but this playoff situation. Well, just lose. listen. Wait, wait, wait. The, the Titans so, are playing reach. the this Saints apart because and the Texans – no, this, this falls apart. Let, let him actually, go. We have the same point, Ryan. Let him, let him do his spiel. To then me, we'll the, hit the, 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 the only game that, that is implausible here is the Steelers losing to the Jets. Because no, no, no. Wait, the only game ask, wait, let him go. Let, let him go. Let him finish it. Right. Wait, then the Titans lose to the Saints and the Texans. We've all got the same point. <laughs> what? The Titans lose to the Saints and the Texans have it clinched in week 17 and they don't try. All the Browns winning out, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I was going. The Browns That's where I was going last, that the the – most implausible part of this was going to be the Browns winning out. That was going to be my final point. That's where you I was play going. The, you play the Ravens next week for people who don't know. So, and the Ravens know. will not be resting their starters in Week 16, <laughs> despite what you said two weeks ago. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. I was saying that all of everything that Ryan mentioned is plausible, except I was going to end with then. But the Browns won't win their last two games. You buried the lead. You had me all fired up. I was like, "What are you talking about?" All right, we, we both were <laughs> fired up. <laughs> The Browns are trash. Isn't it, 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 isn't it funny that already, like, you would probably rather have Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield and you'd rather have Cliff Kingsbury over Freddie Kitchens? I think two things that if you said before the year, you would have thought you were, you were crazy if you thought yeah, that. For sure. Is there um, anyone you'd rather have? Or do you rather have Freddie Kitchens over than any coach you can name? Any Zach level? Taylor or Freddie I, Kitchens? Adam Gase. Pick. Zach Taylor. Whoa. Adam Gase, Adam Gase or Freddie Kitchens? Kitchens? I think Adam Gase is the name that always comes up. Yeah. Okay. Pat Shermer or Freddie Kitchens? Shermer. Really? 
Look, if he man. Didn't hope that he can get better. It's been sure we already failed in Cleveland once. Are you going to bring him back to Cleveland? Like, like, Wait, look, Freddie can't get fired. I was going to say if Todd Munkin were calling plays, he would at least have some insulation from getting fired. Matt but Patricia? Get oh, God. All right. There are a lot of bad coaches. <laughs> Still not taking Freddie Kitchens, though. <laughs> Just I'll have a monkey out there throwing darts at a play sheet. <laughs> uh, Giants, the G-Men beat the Dolphins 36-20. to Saquon Barkley finally went nuts now that all his fantasy owners have been eliminated. Uh, <laughs> sort of looked like him his old self. Eli Manning, emotional ending to that game. Uh, got a game ball from Pat Shermer afterwards. Uh, and, uh, you know, did he, he fired back at him for benching him two months ago? <laughs> no, he did not. It's pretty but great. He, but you know what he did do, Ryan? He thanked the fans for their support. They've been they've been wonderful, and uh, you know, glad to give them a couple Super Bowls to cheer on, and uh, you know, appreciate them all these years just supporting me, having our back, and uh, appreciate them coming out today and cheering us on, helping us get this win. Seems like a lot of uh, a lot of Giants fans were emotional, excited. Yeah, I heard. This whole thing uh, is so dumb. He's getting his victory lap for beating the Dolphins at home. He threw three interceptions in this game. He was <laughs> terrible in this game, and he's giving them game ball to his victory lap. Congrats on your win over the Dolphins. Congrats on 500, Eli. This is all I would say. He seems like a decent person. He has never once yelled at Yannick Ngakwe for throwing a 90-yard touchdown. At least he's been humble throughout the whole process. He has not played well for the last five years, probably. Yeah, let him go out on top. Enjoy it. He has one thing he can... He has one thing over his uh, his brother... Actually, he has a couple things over his brother. He has one more Super Bowl victory. That's not true. One... False. Oh, gosh. That's right. He did <laughs> oh, gosh. Dang, <laughs> Sorry. Man. Sorry, Eli. All right. Well, he has one thing over him. He, he's won a football game as more recently. As soon as he started there, like, Sean and I were like, like, who's going to dunk on this guy first? <laughs> he didn't really dunk on me. He sort of threw it off my back when I wasn't looking at him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's, he won a football game. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with him being emotional. He's been there since 2004. He helped that team to two Super Bowls. And look, he didn't win after he got benched for Daniel Jones. The uh, the two guys, Eli, Eli's, um, there's some quote. It was basically like, why are you coming to this home game? It's like, you know, it might be the last one. I think maybe his wife was saying that. And then uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald's dad also pointed out in that Cardinals game that he was like, this might be it for Larry at home. So three, two guys. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald and Eli Manning headlining a Hall of Fame class. Pretty good. Same draft class. 2004. Oh, wait, it could be Adrian Peterson, too, right? Wait, do you think both of them are actually going to retire? And and Phillip Rivers? I'm just kidding. (laughs) He should retire. Um, I think think Eli's retiring. Yeah, because who's signing him? The Bears. He he said he didn't want to be a backup. Stop Mm it. (laughs) Bears are good. Eli and Jameis. (laughs) I would take take Jameis over Eli. Jameis is good now. All right, let's talk about Jameis. He is, uh, he's coming back, right? He's coming back. He's, he's not getting out of Tampa Bay. They're bringing him back. No way. Bruce Arians has gone a long way in fixing Oh, this wow. Show. This is, a, here's a fun fact before we actually get on Tampa Bay. Eli Manning, with this game, has now thrown an interception against every single NFL team except the Giants. Victory. We know we've done that at practice. Yeah. Um, Bucks 38, Lions 10, Lions 17, excuse me. Bucks cover the minus six. The over 46 hit. Again, the Bucks overs just keep hitting. Jameis Winston has over 900 passing yards his last two weeks. It's incredible. He's actually, Sean joked about, uh, Andy Dalton breaking, uh, the record for, um, for Peyton Manning's record. He's only 900 passing yards away from doing it. By the way, should Bruce Arians 
quietly be mentioned as coach of the year. This team is seven and seven. No. <laughs> Just be the very, winning. Very quietly. This is a two win football team. Wentz is the first player in NFL history with 450 plus passing yards in back to back games. Well, actually, uh, regular season only. Drew Brees actually did that in the postseason, mm. which is very impressive. Ooh. Thank you, Oscar. This team could actually be nine and seven. Like, or could be like right now could be nine and five. They should have won that Titans game where they got hosed. And there was another game. What's the great. field goal game? Uh, the, the, the Daniel Jones away. game. The Daniel Jones game. Yeah, the Daniel Jones won. game. Yep. And then the the Titan the Titans fake field goal. Thank game. you. You're making Third, my point about coach of the year. The Seahawks game went to overtime. They could have conceivably won that. That means they're maybe way better than they look. Maybe they'll be good next maybe year. They, yeah, maybe they should be better than they are. But maybe I feel like that's it. always the mantra of Jameis Winston's your quarterback. You get like five great games. Sandwiched him with a 12 interception game. You're like, oh, next year will be awesome. Yeah. And then you're not. He's coming back. Two year deal, 50 million bucks. Heard it here. 60. Like yeah. the, like the Foles or everything like closer to like the Foles type. Oh, of yeah. He's getting more than Foles. Yeah. Or they'll just tag him. That's what I would do. And the same with Tannehill with the Titans. I would just tag these guys. That's why the yeah. tag exists. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Tannehill, Tannehill will get tagged so he can't leave. James will get tagged so they don't have to, like, like the, like the, yeah, we'll see the Bears tag Trubisky after they do this 50 round. Yeah. <laughs> Lifetime uh, deal. Any, uh, any other thoughts? From, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of. Chris Godwin seems like he has the Mike Evans uh, injury. Carted off hamstring. Bruce Arians pretty much said the same thing that he did about Evans, which was it doesn't look good. So, so Sean Perryman. Sean Perryman, three touchdown game. You basically want any healthy wide receiver in that offense because of how often they air it out. Yeah. All they do is throw. Uh, should Matt Patricia get fired? I think Ryan should always answer that question first. Let's put it. Let's put the question this way: What does Matt Patricia have to do to get fired? <laughs> um, pull up to work in a Chevrolet with a sign that says "F Ford." Oh, I see. Yeah, that, you went a long way for that one, but I got it. <laughs> I wouldn't I say it's that a would long do it. way. It's, it's a, seven straight losses for the Lions, by the way. Yeah. Um, and James Winston said after the game, "I hope I help myself because I definitely want to be here in Tampa." He said that in Detroit. Worth noting. Um, and Bruce Arian said, we're trying to finish off on a very, very positive note. It means a ton. AKA, if we went out, I will get, I, I will definitely get my job next year and Jay will keep, keep Jameson around. His job's not going anywhere. I just told you. He's quietly a coach of the year candidate. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> right. I heard it here first, people. Okay. I'm going to name Dr. Some... Gigglebox and you. All right, Sean, uh, we're going to get – actually, you know what, Ryan? You tell me when I name a coach that you would definitely take Bruce Arians over for Coach of the Year award. Uh, I said he's in the running. Kyle Shanahan. The award. Mike Tomlin. John Harbaugh. Sean McDermott. Andy Reid. Well, remember we did the podcast. Bill Belichick. Ryan has different coaching lists and criteria. <laughs> That's true. That so we true. have to recognize that when Thank talking you, about this. You're welcome. Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Fred um, Kitchens. Freddie Outhouse. <laughs> yeah, you guys made fun of me. That name stuck. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, I like, it's like Costanza. Like, I like it now. <laughs> like Freddie yeah. Outhouse. Um, okay. Did we get 90 minutes? Oh, yeah. Crushed it. Jameis Winston threw for 221 yards in the first quarter. The most any NFL quarterback has thrown for in the first quarter since 2004. Who did it in 2004? Peyton Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning.
There, people are trying to make this Peyton Jameis comparison. I don't, I don't. Cause of the, but they're using his rookie year. It's like, dude, this is what, you're four or you're five at Jameis? Like, yeah. Like, why are we comparing that to Peyton's rookie year? It, it makes no sense. Is that what they're comparing? Yeah, it was, it was like he threw the same number of interceptions through the first like 13 games that Peyton did in Peyton's rookie year. That was no, like was the graphic. No, it was Peyton's week. third year. It was 2001. No, thought, let me, it was, it, it wasn't even comparing like their multiple seasons. It was comparing Jameis at age 25 versus Peyton at age 25, and it was through 13 games. So it was literally looking at one season in a small window, and they had, like, the same exact amount of passing touchdowns, passing yards, interceptions. Peyton had actually had one more pick six, same amount of wins, blah, 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 blah. So it ignored what they had done in the four seasons leading up to being 25, or three seasons leading up to 25, and then everything after that. It also ignores the fact that Peyton throwing for those yards is more impressive because obviously the game has changed and passing numbers are inflated a lot more than they were back then. Yeah, and that was like a down season for Peyton. Like he, like he just had a, he just led the league in touchdown passes the year before. And then he's, I mean, the point being, I guess, is like his career like took off. Like Peyton like went like MVP nuke on that afterwards. But, um, all right, let's get out of here. I'm tired. <laughs> hey, two more weeks. I, I need to go eat some chicken nuggets. You disgust me, Breach. <laughs> do we talk about this on the podcast that Breach reheats? Like, I mean, like, do, do we make it extremely clear that people understand that Breach buys fast food chicken? Yeah, people and, were tweeting at him about it. Oh, they were? Yeah, they said this week they were going to get a, Someone said they were going to get a Chick-fil-A, and they had it already bought on Saturday, and they're going to heat it up for Sunday. But then they said, F, Breach, I'm going to put my chicken in the oven and eat it like a real man oh. and not microwave it. And I was like, huh. So that's a, that's a toaster oh. oven's a good move there. I don't have time for that. I mean, we're working all day. All right. Let's I gotta be hurry. clear, though. Reach, do not put the whole package, the, the aluminum foil, in the in the microwave because you'll blow up the house. I've done that before. Yeah, we know. You've blown up the house? No, I put. I, when I was younger, I put aluminum foil in the microwave. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> Look at Devo staring at us. He's like, "Stop talking." Guys. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. We can mention this afterwards. Uh, see you guys. We back uh, Monday morning or Monday. We have uh, Dubin. Preview of Monday Night Football, Saints Colts, JLC. We'll talk to Jonathan Jones. Then we'll do a recap. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.